Yes, everyone, this is episode 49 of the PA Term Pod. A little bit of a quick rundown on today's episode. Uh, Rob and I will talk about the NBA regular season winding down as there's a handful of games left for the 76ers. We'll introduce our two-minute scramble towards the end of the podcast. And we'll kick it off with the MLB opening day, including the Philadelphia Phillies opening day preview tomorrow against the Oakland Athletics. But first, uh, let's take a quick 30-second pause for our sponsors over at Anchor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the PA Turn Pod. Put down that pet porcupine. It's time to listen to episode 49, the Jake Arietta episode of sorts. Yay. Joined as always by Joel, who I didn't introduce you yet. Joined as always by Joel. I am Rob. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, it's I'm an off. It's an off day. It's raining though. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish the Phillies just played today, but alas, we have the 76ers tonight at the top of the hour, or no, in five minutes actually. In, in a few minutes, yeah. But uh, so I'll live with that. How about you, sir? How are you doing tonight? I'm all right. My uh, my day was good. Nice busy day at work somehow, in spite of the rain. Somehow, I don't Hell know. Yeah. It, it, it was dead in the morning, and then it just picked up. I think people are realizing it's already the first week of April. Summer's coming around the corner, so that last minute, let me cram my uh, workouts in, get all the supplements I can. Yeah, weirdly enough, it's usually like kind. I think I said this on an earlier episode. Usually, it's like kind of busy in the in the winter. Mm-hmm. That's like bulking season, or people trying to cut for like summertime. And usually, like. Or the New Year's resolution, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then I um like exactly they like the people that go back to the gym in January and then February rolls around and they start looking at the supplements. Weirdly enough, like a month from now is usually when it gets kind of slow. Like the college kids, everybody goes away. Um, like mm-hmm. the summer kind of begins, especially up in the suburbs. Everybody's on freaking vacation because they're all rich, so they all have, like shore houses and stuff. But right now it's a weird. We're in like that weird time where it's like still kind of cold. Baseball's back, which is not. Nice, but like that, that, that we're, so we're we're through just in life the um the like the purgatory period where like football's done and then you still got like hockey and basketball a little bit but we're not quite at the NFL draft we're not quite at opening day mm-hmm. and we're here we managed to make it to the finish line or I guess the starting <laughs> blocks it's just been a weird I don't know few weeks because the warm weather just doesn't break through yet it makes like, no sense it's cold as hell today. It was like 75 a couple weeks ago, and then it was like 40, and it, it snowed. <laughs> Jesus. I was at sh- I was in shorts like two days ago at work, and now I'm like bundled up like it's winter. Yeah, it's supposed to be, I think, like 50s and 60s this weekend. Last Saturday, I had the uh, the, for- the good fortune of being off. I was like, oh, it's going to be nice out. It was like maybe 50 when I left my house in the morning. I had shorts on, but shorts and a hoodie. But 50 degrees in Miami would have been death for them. Yeah, they you know 50 degrees, like, you're like, ah, throw on a hoodie and shorts. I'll be all right. That's winter to them. <laughs> I was down there like 70, 80 degrees. 80 plus. But it was it was cloudy, and then the sun broke through a handful of times, so we got lucky. We didn't get any weather. The only okay. weather happened overnight, but we were already like in bed and like, sleeping. That's good. That's good. So The only weather that happened was going to and from Miami up here was weather-wise, so it kind of delayed our flights a little bit, but... We made it down there, no problems. All is good. Um, everyone Hispanic down there, everyone. So really? I felt like I was in a different country, but Miami was fun. It was cool. 
Did you save money on your tickets by being the one that also loads and unloads the plane? Or... I wish. I wish. <laughs> I wish. I would have been like, I can do this myself. Like, I've done this. Here's <laughs> my idea. Them. It's like a dad, like a Home Depot, with the Home Depot music in the background. Bend like with your knees. Them. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad form. Yeah, bad form, dude. He's and not don't... making it to 35 in this job. He should have never been broken into this business. Kid, swing. Use your hips. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Miami was fun. Uh, I probably wouldn't go again. Not for that long. <laughs> and not really for partying. I would probably just go for business or, you know, just like a relaxation. But to party all weekend, no. I'm not 20. I'm not in my 20s, so. I've heard the beaches are nice, obviously. Well, I guess everybody's heard that. but uh, That's the one unfortunate thing I regret, not going to the beach. We were right uh, there, but we decided, well, they decided, a group decided, let's just head back home. It seems like, like We were right there a block away. It seems like when you have like those trips planned, everything is kind of like meticulously planned out to where like your whole weekend is kind of like segmented. Yeah, scheduled. So, yeah, that's hard to to sneak like to fit something like that in there well for me because i was the planner right i just had bullet points of things we can do there's no time restriction we can leave and go anytime we want but it's a vibe thing if if we're feeling good and we like it where we're at we're gonna stay here until we're like all right let's just do something else or go back home but we're right there but the thing is we were all getting fucked up pretty much (laughs) so like there had to be like at least one or two sober heads out of the group I'm like, the beach is right there, but one wasn't feeling well. And then we were like, let's just go back home and rest. And I was like, all right, whatever. Like, I was out of it too, but I wouldn't mind going to the beach, seeing some action out there. But uh, all, all in all, good trip. That's good. What was the itinerary? Just like a lot of just like club, 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 restaurant, restaurant? Or was it like um, club, 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 thing you want to see, thing you want to see, we're going to go here and we're going to eat here? I mean, I wasn't the greatest planner, I'll admit, but... My thing was, I didn't want to schedule it too much to be scheduled where we have to be here at a certain time, and I'm stressing out of my mind, yeah. and we're all like chill, and we all kind of have our own independent lives. So I had it where, let's do a couple actions, so we went axe throwing, but the thing is, two guys had their plane tickets delayed, so out of the five, three only came, so whatever. Um, I said food <laughs> nearby, I didn't have a specific spot, so we picked out a nice taco spot, it was fucking chill awesome great vibes it was one of those spontaneous things there was one thing that was scheduled and the one thing that was scheduled the two things that were scheduled pool party on saturday that was ended up pretty good it was started off as a disaster we got in for free because that was the rule if you get in there before two it's free but the detail said that if you bring a bag it's at your own risk because they won't provide you a locker i was all right cool whatever we'll hang out with our our bag well guy at the door was like nah you can't bring any bags in so we're standing out like what the fuck i just made this reservation for nothing he comes over like yo give me 20 bucks we're square so i was about to give him 40 bucks just to let us in <laughs> for the fucking bag one small bag and that was one and then the other one was the nightcap going to a spot called mangoes which is like a, a nightclub slash restaurant but at that time around 11 p.m would be like a nightclub but we were so fucked up from the day pool that only one person ended up going out of the five. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we were pretty much out of it. I went to sleep the moment I got home from the pool party. <laughs> I remember they told me, hey, we got to get up. It's like 10 o'clock. We got to get ready for mangoes. Shit you not, I vaguely remember it. I got up, eyes closed, went to the bathroom, took a shower, went to you know bathroom to do my duties, got out, changed clothes, looked at myself in the mirror and said, this is dope. Literally, this is dope. <laughs> and then... 
I told him, all right, I'm going to lay down. Let me know when we're, at, when we're ready. I was out cold. I woke up around 4 in the morning like, what the fuck just happened? And they told me they took a picture of me like, we were going to get you, but you looked so out of it, but you were like sleeping in stylish. So, you know, we didn't want to bother you. We were all kind of fucked up anyway. But yeah, I've kind of dressed myself drunk and all. Everything matched. Nothing was inside out. So, I'm at 32. I can handle myself. I can trust myself, but I'm not going out late. What's that song by uh, Soldier Boy? Um, hop Superman out of my bed, put oh. my swag on. So you got out of bed, put your swag on, and then Basically. went back to bed. Oh, okay, exactly. So you're like Soldier I, I, Boy, but like Soldier Boy Plus. Soldier Man. Plus, Soldier yes. Man. Yeah. Yes. Soldier uh, Gentleman. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Soul Gentleman. But yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, Humidity was there, but it was fun. It wasn't bad. I would go again, but again, not partying. Just go for more doing action stuff and sightseeing. Yeah. Oh, if it yeah. makes you feel any better, uh, my weekend consisted of a haircut, um, <laughs> honey grow, and then I went to Marshall's. So, uh, oh, Marshall's is underrated. Uh, it's underrated until you pay for everything. Not if you have a credit card, sir. Fair. Not if you have a credit card. Well, you end up paying it, but you can pay it slowly but surely. But don't listen to me, financial advice. Don't do that. Listeners, don't listen to me either. Don't listen to me. But uh, let's get into it. MLB. It doesn't feel like opening day because of the weather and the delay start because of these yeah. rich versus the billionaires. Millionaires versus billionaires, all this nonsense. But alas, April 7th, 2022, opening day of the Major League Baseball season. Uh, unfortunately, it already started off bad because the opening game to kick off this inaugur- this season was postponed due to Mother Nature, and that was Yankees-Red Sox. So instead, we got the Brewers-Cubs as the next best thing it's to like kick everybody, off. They really think that one through, <laughs> did they? All right, listen, if Yankees-Red Sox gets canceled, we have to have like Dodgers-Padres to fall back on or something. like. They uh, What was the other one? That, that couldn't happen. That would be an 11 a.m. game. <laughs> For the for them, yeah. one PM for the East Coast. Um, what else got delayed? It looks like Mets and Nats got delayed. Oh, that got delayed for tonight. Yeah, uh, so they got flex for tonight. Um, who else got canceled? I think uh, the, Mariners yeah. Twins got canceled as yeah, well. Yeah, Twins Mariners is postponed. Now I wonder when they're gonna. So I guess they're gonna make them up tomorrow, right? I don't know if the yeah, Twins yeah, yeah. were. Projected. Yeah, they made them up for tomorrow. Usually when you start the season. So this is really the second series of the season for most teams, right? Because they were supposed to start this past weekend. Yeah, I believe so. So, yeah, I don't know. I wonder what they'll do. I know the Yankees and Red Sox are pushing the game back to tomorrow. So it's unfortunate, though. They'll, they'll have they like a wraparound Thursday or Saturday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, instead of having the Friday or Thursday off day weekend. It's going to suck. Like already starting off the season, like the true season, three games in a row for the for these two uh series because you're essentially doing friday saturday sunday yeah so it's gonna be rough but they did like what a month and a half of spring training yeah that was really truncated it was i don't even think it was a full month it was like a really shortened spring training that i think they reported roughly a month ago um the thing with this uh, opening day mm-hmm. that i so they can go one of two ways they can do with the nba the nfl like what they do and go with like premier game, premier game, yeah. or just go for broken have all 30 teams playing. And I preferred if they did all 30 teams at the same time, because I really? think o- opening day still has like that allure to it. Now they're going to have their nationally televised games. Like you can have, let's say opening day yesterday, every team played, they can still do the one o'clock, four o'clock, seven, 10, ESPN, ESPN, the two, local. MLB network, whatever. 
but I do like it when every game is on. You get the big, you know, you, you scroll through Yahoo or ESPN, you see all the pitching matchups. It's like the best possible pitching matchup day in the entire season because <laughs> every team's got their number one going. So it's most of them. But at the same time, I know I know people do like the uh, like when the I think the pandemic season happened. The first game was Yankees and Nats, and then the second game was um, Giants and Dodgers, and they were the only two games on. Mm-hmm. So I do understand that you know when you want to have like the defending champ taking on like either the rival or like a team that just got somebody in the offseason, and then have like a West Coast rivalry to follow up, like an Otani game or you know uh, Padres Dodgers. But mm-hmm. I do like it when they have all the teams playing. I don't know how do you feel. Um. I don't prefer that. I just like I just like how NFL does it. it. Has that one premier game. Well, NFL does it differently. They have that one game Thursday night, right? It's just usually the one game which was uh Dallas versus Tampa this past season. That right there was just like boom, a spectacle. Then you get into the season, which are you know, your one o'clock games, four o'clock, and then your Sunday night football, and then Monday night would be the double header, which would be the East Coast and the West Coast teams. Yeah. Basically. I like it in that format for baseball because you you essentially saying, here we are. We are here. Here's our best matchup we can think of for our opening day slot. And to me, Yankees-Red Sox is a little overplayed. It's overdone. It's not 2004 anymore. Give me something else. And I, and I don't follow the sport. Maybe you can share a new, I guess, rivalry that would get everybody going. Or you go with the defending champs to open it up. Like, here. Defending champs versus anybody in the NL East, or go inner inner. What is it called? Interleague. interleague yeah, interleague play, or someone in the same conference, like a Cardinals, let's say, or a Dodgers rematch. I don't know. Yeah, that's how I think I would go about it. So I think if you wanted to go by like the uh, like the new age kind of rivalry thing, mm-hmm. I think you go with Dodgers Astros. Ooh. Because of everything that happened between those teams, um, although Joe Kelly is on the White Sox now, so it doesn't make really ton of. He, he was kind of the guy that spearheaded the whole. We're pissed off at you he, guys. He can throw out the first pitch. Yeah, right at Correa. Um, <laughs> well, he's not in Minnesota. And then you go with like a um, if you want to go rivalry, I guess you go. It's got to be like some combination of the Padres, the Giants, and the Dodgers, or Cardinals, Cubs, which still doesn't have the same feel to it. There's no like rivalries in sports anymore, really. Not like back in the day. Yeah. Now, do you prefer having like um like a unique matchup that is like very obviously handpicked, or do you prefer kind of like your classic like Cubs Brewers today, like a classic NL Central? You got to open the uh, open the season. Yeah, like last year was like the Phillies started last year with the Braves, like your typical divisional go, games. I would go unique matchup because this is open day. This is like a spectacle yeah. in a way. You're gonna handpick it. Yeah, but you're also robbing that home fan. So say. Like, say there was a marquee matchup tomorrow, right? Phillies versus Oakland. Well, those Oakland fans were getting robbed of that opportunity because their team's on the road, which yeah. happens to, any, obviously, every season, every game, because there's a road team and their home team. But yeah. for opening day, mm, yeah, I like the hand pick, though. I think- so it would be like, say, Houston versus Minnesota. Correa versus his old team. I don't know. Yeah. Or Freeman versus the Braves. Boy, those... That team did not like Freeman, apparently. Yeah, Braves Dodge would be an interesting one. I so if I were to hand pick, so if you gave me a seven o'clock game or seven o'clock or say say you gave me a three o'clock, seven o'clock, ten o'clock, and you said mm-hmm. there can only be three games, and yeah. then so my seven o'clock game would be 
the I guess it would have to be the defending champs. They deserve prime time. Yeah. I go Braves at home. Let's say they face uh, Dodgers. Freeman rematch. comes home. Yeah, Freeman comes home. It's a rematch of the NLCS. Um, now the one o'clock game or the, the middle of the day game. I guess like three o'clock. This is where I would take a take a shot. I would go Angels at Yankee Stadium. I would go Otani on the mound, Garrett Cole on the mound, MVP from last year against like the the front runner for Cy Young this year. It's like a unique experience, even though it's not the old Yankee Stadium. It's still like a unique thing, or Fenway even. It's a unique mm-hmm. stadium, and it's the most unique player the game has seen in almost a hundred years. That'll be my, you know, those two games, and mm-hmm. then the nightcap would be. You can go a couple different directions. You can go like divisional matchup. You can go like the, the maybe the Padres hosting the Giants. You can go maybe Mariners. They were a surprise team last year. Mariners Astros, or maybe the Rangers. Yeah. You want to go Rangers because they just got you know Corey Seager made a couple moves the offseason. So that'll be like my my late game. That's the one that kind of coast coaxes you to sleep anyway. Yeah, but at least for people out here. And those are the West Coast feeds anyway. Like tonight we have Astros at Angels and Padres at Diamondbacks, both at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. So more of a West Coast feed on that one. So, yeah, I like it. I don't mind it. Um, So today uh, we had the Brewers versus Cubs to open the season. Cubs won 5-4. Did you get to see any of it? Or I know you were at work, but did you get to see like anything through the box score? Or did you keep it keep up to date? Because I clearly forgot until midway. I was like, oh, shit, baseball's today. I actually didn't see any of it, and the only thing I know of from the game, aside from the outcome, is uh, I think it was Nico Horner had the first home run of the season. Hey. So he joins a very illustrious club of, uh, I'm going to try to recite them. Last year was Cabrera, Miguel Cabrera. 2020 was Maybe. Stanton, I think. And then 2019 was Ian Happ on, I think, the first pitch of the season. Really? Which was also, yeah, which was also <laughs> Cubs-Brewers. Um, I think that's the the, the four-year now first home run of the season thing. I don't know who hit it in 2018, but uh, I'm almost positive. Last last year was definitely Cabrera because he hit it, and it was um, it was like a milestone home run. I think it was like his 500th home run. It was in the snow. Jesus. So it was like a milestone. I might be wrong with the milestone thing, but I know he hit it in the snow, and I know it was like a big deal because it was his first home run. Baseball and snow, I just feel like it doesn't mix well. It was a very bizarre, yeah. So baseball, just in general, the weather is not ready for baseball at this time of year. April showers. Like it's too cold. It's just weird. Like it's a bad omen. I think <laughs> opening day, first game, you already got two postpones. It's like ah, just crummy river. All right, it was um, actually in August that he hit his five hundred. I don't know what he. Did. I guess August. it was just the fact Jesus. that he hit his. It was just the fact that he homered it, and it was the first one of the year. But the weather's not ready for baseball in the northeast part of the country, especially. Yeah. At this point, I was talking about that with a friend of mine the other night, and I understand the aesthetic would be kind of weird because the stadiums kind of look ugly when you do this. But everybody that makes a new stadium now, and this also same thing for the Buffalo Bills, everybody that makes a new stadium now should just have a retractable roof. Then you'll you never have the risk of you know having rainouts, postponements, things like that. Mm-hmm. And it, it, the weather never really plays a factor. Now I guess that takes out. The advantage of uh, Lambeau Field or uh, Boston where it's cold or like the Phillies here versus like a dome team or like or a, uh, the Rockies. Yeah. That thin air. Yeah. Or like Atlanta where it's always hot, you know, like Texas I guess it, where it's steaming hot. 
Yeah, and it makes the stadium look ugly too. Because I mean, the Marlins have a retractable roof, and that stadium's hideous. Oh, by the way, I drove past it. That thing looked like a spaceship. Oh, that place is huge. It's too bad they can't put anybody inside. I literally had no idea. I'm like, what is that? And they're like, oh, that's where the Marlins play. I'm like, that? It's a massive stadium. It's a football stadium, but for a baseball team, and they exactly. and they fill it like a high school game. I was wondering where the hard, what the hell is the Hard Rock then at this point? Because it's got to be huge. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was pretty cool to see in that. But yeah, you're right. Um, I I do like the retractable roof for that reason as well, because you can have that option of you know you can never really have a snow out game, a rain out game, or God forbid if there's rain in the in the in the forecast, lightning. You don't want that to stop. Yeah, either. no lightning delays. Yeah, you're right. But it does take away from some of the allures and all this other stuff. But uh, and to be honest with you, I kind of I enjoy um, like postseason baseball when it looks it just looks cold. Like oh, when the Phillies and yeah, Tampa, like, you can like tell Tampa they, was out of it. Oh yeah, Tampa played in a dome all year. You don't think that played a part in that series? Yeah, it was freaking raining in Game Five. And see, seeing the collective towels and. The condensation of when you breathe the mm-hmm. air in front of you and yeah. just that playoff baseball playoff atmosphere is awesome. I love that during um during football games when you see all the helmets, you can't see anybody's face, you just see yeah. the steam coming off of their helmets. <laughs> yeah. Or when they take off the helmet and you see it off the head. Yeah, oh it's coming off the head, yeah. <laughs> um what else happened on today? I'm gonna say So the oh. first game that occurred today was um was the Cubs, Brewers, Cubs won that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Robertson picked up his first save as a Cub, former Philly. Uh, first home run of the year, Nico Horner. Corbin Burns didn't do so great. Kyle Hendricks kind of gave you your typical Kyle mm-hmm. Hendricks game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seiya Suzuki's first career hit. Two hey. walks also. Good player. Clint Frazier made his Cubs debut at an RBI double. I'm sorry, had a double and then scored a run. Second game was uh, the Guardians unveiling their new uniforms and new name, obviously. Uh, Shane Bieber. Versus Zach Greinke, Greinke going back to the team that originally drafted him. Very interesting, kind of like between him and Pujols, kind of going home, mm-hmm. going back to their old teams. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr., the number one prospect in all of baseball, made his debut today, and mm-hmm. he had the game-winning RBI double. Well, it hey. wasn't like a game winner; it was like a it was just the a go ahead. yeah, the go-ahead double that happened in the bottom of the eighth inning, and then they held on to the ninth. Scott Barlow uh, actually got the win. Um, so Witt had a, a double in RBI, two out RBI. And, uh, that's an interesting lineup right there in Kansas City. Uh, if you look top to bottom, it's actually not a bad lineup at all. It's just a lot of interesting players. Do you think they can make noise in that central? Is it the central? Yeah, so they're in an easy division, I think. I mean, the Tigers are going to be okay. Uh, Cleveland's probably going to stink. The really? White Sox are going to be interesting. And the Twins, they were a disappointment last year, in my opinion. After having a really good 2019 season and a decent 2020 season, they really fell off in 2021. They got Correa. Everything is good now. Correa's there now. Um, they just made a trade today as well. They got Chris Paddock from uh, from San Diego, and they got um, Emilio Pagan, the reliever. They gave up, uh, I think, Tyler Rogers is the guy's name. So they didn't give it a whole lot up, but uh, San Diego needed that trade in order to get underneath the luxury tax threshold. Luxury tax Easy for me to say, right? Luxury, Luxury tax threshold. That's my uh, my shock collar telling me to shut up. <laughs> um, it, that's interesting though, because what's the trade deadline looking like for baseball? If they can make trades already with opening day, so you can make deals now. I think right now, because of the fact that the off season was so short, uh, well, it was like off season, big time, like gap, and then short off season again. That's why mm-hmm. so many guys signed. 
these teams are making moves that they otherwise probably would have made in February. Ah. So like Paddock probably gets moved two months ago if he doesn't get traded today. And um Cabrian Hayes signed an extension with the uh the Pirates today and then immediately got hurt. But oh, that's a move no. that probably would have happened like a earlier. So key Brian Hayes for what it's worth, the uh, the former top prospect of the Buccos signed the uh what is technically now the largest contract the Pirates have ever dished out. It's I believe eight years, seventy million. Which is only ten million dollars higher than Jason Kendall, which is the second highest contract they've ever given out. So, <laughs> like some of these moves would have happened already had they not happened today. Speaking of these pirates, how do they fare against uh, the Cardinals? They got Wainwright, Yadier, well, and well, it's seven nothing right now. Arenado, nine nothing. Arenado just hit a home run. Holy! Uh, this is my last chance to get a Pujols homer. I have uh, five dollars on Albert Pujols to hit a home run in his return to St. Louis. Um, but right now the cards are up nine nothing. He's a DH, uh, right? So I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they don't hit for him. Wayno went six innings, six uh, strikeouts, five hits allowed, no runs. Then uh, Wittgren and uh, Genesis Cabrera came in. Do you think uh, Pujols is built for the DH? I mean, I don't know. Has he been a DH? I guess the past several seasons. Um, I think two years ago the Angels really kind of committed to it because they wanted Jared Walsh to get more playing time, and I think doesn't. Yeah, two years might have been last year. They they moved him basically off of first base and had him playing DH more more often because of Jared Walsh. I think he's his body obviously is more built for it now, but I think it's it takes a special kind of player to just play DH because you don't have that on the field. You know, I guess your body's warmed up. You're in the game, so to speak, because you're yeah. in it, and then you know you're batting up second next inning or the bottom of the name for whatever. And so then transitioning to now full-time, just being on the bench, kind of doing, you know, some elastic bands or whatever you got to do to keep warm. And then when it's your turn to bat, you got to go up there and perform because this is your only chance to see the field is when you're at bat. Yeah. So I feel like maybe that's not really his stop. I mean, he's been great, but injuries and the age really hurt him. And then obviously being with the Angels, I guess that's a dark cloud over that organization. Yeah, that place, that, that place is haunted, I guess. So, I mean, him going back to St. Louis, you know, back to his roots, great. But will that also translate on the field with him being a DH? That's a great he... question. Because uh, David Ortiz was like really one of the few modern era guys that, um, yeah. and I get, you can say Edgar Martinez too. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. Th- yeah. Those two guys in the modern era were like the two guys that you think of when you just say specifically a DH. Now, Jim mm-hmm. Tomey eventually became one as well, but he also played third base when he came up and then moved to first. You know, um, Stanton at this point is pretty much relegated to DHing. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, for the most part, is probably just going to DH. Yeah. Um, certain guys and Nelson Cruz has uh, moved to that rolling seamlessly. But I, I think it was either it might have been Ryan Howard um, that that I think said that he hated being a pinch hitter and also hated DHing because you just go sit on the bench and you think about it the whole time. Yeah, uh, A Rod was not very good at it until the end. Um, a lot of guys don't like doing it because you're. And I'll be honest with you, not that my experience is the same as, you know, MLB baseball players, but I hated when I hit and didn't play the field because I think you need that balance to an extent. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not a major league player, but this is just from my um, standpoint. You need that balance because you need to have something else that occupy your mind. Otherwise, you're just sitting there thinking about your your previous at bat and your next one. So, yeah, I think Pujols also is one of the smartest players that's ever played the game, so. If anybody can figure it out, it's him, and it's also his uh, his swan song, in, yeah, uh, in St. Louis, which just feels right. Well, is he is he up to bat uh, 
at any uh, point or do you think he actually should be up now oh man because Arenado just home unless there's a pitching change he should be batting right now um and uh, ah, he flew uh out, fly out daddy jesus so we need uh, we need the pirates to put up nine runs in the eighth or we need the cardinals to bat around in the bottom of the eighth <laughs> um all right as we cap off the opening day news and notes um Interesting, interesting, interestingly enough, because I can't even speak now. Uh, the Mets are going with Tyler Megill. Uh, hopefully, I'm pronouncing his last name I correctly. Megill, I, I don't Meagle. know. to start tonight. You know, the game was flexed to tonight versus Patrick Corbin of the Nationals. Uh, Jacob Degrom is injured. I don't know the specifically. You can touch on that, but uh, I'm surprised they're going with Megill or Megill instead of Mad Max. Well, so. What are your thoughts on that? And can you give so, any update on the Degrom? So Max has also been banged up too. I'm pretty sure. Um, Oof. I gotta find the exact information here, but I'm almost positive they're both hurt. So Degrom, it, it's like progressively gotten worse and worse. Uh, last week when we did our um, our baseball preview, Degrom oh, yeah. was like a heavy, heavy, heavy favorite to win Cy. Now he's like not even close. Um, so it he his season last year was cut short because of arm issues. And it appears this year is probably going to be cut short too. There's a there's a small chance he gets Tommy John. Um, what? So he has some UCL issues. I don't know. The last update on here, officially put on the 10 day injured list. Uh, let's see what they say here. Yeah, at least four weeks uh, without throwing for him. And uh, Scherzer is actually listed as a pitcher tomorrow. So I guess they just wanted to keep there. Rotation lined up. Yeah, I just I just wanted to keep the rotation lined up the same way. So if if Scherzer pitches tomorrow, he will actually be in line to start, I believe, against the Phillies next week. So I think they did that so he would be able to do that. And do you think it's because of the shortened uh, spring season, spring training, I guess it was like abundance of games, he got hurt there? Or he wasn't really healthy coming off the injury initially? And they kind of rushed him back. That could be the case. Um, I think Degrom. It's just. I think it's just wear and tear on his body. Damn. He, he's not a big guy to begin with. I mean, he's got a pretty good like lower half, but he he looks like me. He's like very. He's very like slim, and while he pumps ninety five, it's almost like he's overdoing it sometimes. So I think it's really just wear and tear on him. Scherzer is eventually going to wear down. He was not very good toward the end last year, um, and I think that was evident. But uh, I guess that's why you would go out and get a Scherzer just in case the Grom's not good to go. At least you have an ace in your on your team. Yeah, I, I'm a little surprised they went with this Miguel guy instead of uh, Chris Bassett or Tywin Walker because those guys are much better. And they also, I feel like they just went out and got another pitcher too. Um, I forget who. Oh no, they were they were rumored to get Chris Paddock from the uh, uh, from the Padres, but they wound up they wound up falling through. They were supposed to absorb a Hosmer's contract in that, but didn't work itself out damn do we have uh, another uh steven strasburg on our hands with a young pitcher kind of wear and tear now i hope not. injury prone strasburg who's been a an interesting player when he is on the field and just yeah. depressing when he's not so I, I hope not but who knows jesus uh we do have a couple games on tonight including atlanta their uh their home openers against cincinnati Max Freed, um, famously a high school teammate with uh, Lucas Giolito and the other guy whose name I can't remember. Um, 
Uh, I think it might have been Bueller. Um, he gets to start for Atlanta against Tyler Maley for the Reds, who are like basically just trying to lose. <laughs> um, any any expectations from the new Braves look? The new look Braves, I mean. Um, of course, bringing in uh, Matt Olson, and I feel like they got somebody else. But I, there's so much happening in sports right now, I can't remember off the top of my head. Is Acuna back? Acuna is not back um, not yet. Right at the moment, he is on. He is injured. Luke Jackson, Kirby Yates, and Mike Soroka, all pitchers, are also hurt. Uh, they did hold on to uh, our most Marcelo Zuna's coming back. I believe he got suspended last year. Um, they still have Darno. They still have Albies. They brought in Olsen. Orlando Arcia is on that team now. Uh, uh, Riley is still playing third. So they, they pretty much have the same team. The only big moves they made were replacing Freeman with Olsen. Olsen. And getting Kenley Jansen to, to lengthen the bullpen a little bit. Uh, I expect a a wild atmosphere down in Atlanta or wherever they're exactly playing. Um, you know, the ring ceremony, the whole, the chant, everything, and a big game from Olsen. Probably a standing ovation. Maybe not really a standing ovation, but like a, an appreciation that he's now taken over for Freeman and knowing that Freeman turned out to be pretty much a prick and not really well-liked in the clubhouse. <laughs> so, I mean, hey, thanks for the ch- thanks for the ring, but peace. Because he basically held him for hostage trying to get more money. And they yeah. get salty when the business makes a business decision and moves forward, cutting costs. Yeah, they kind of. I mean, it, it, yeah, I'm with you 100. We talked about it before. They had to do that. I mean, I understand that you want to maybe wait and get your guy. And I don't think he was like really. I don't think he really wanted to leave. Yeah. And I don't think they wanted to lose him anyway. But at some point, you have to put your foot down. Um, otherwise, you're going to wind up with potentially another Ryan has an 11 extension, where you're he got the five years and then he just deteriorated. And you're also um, setting a, a precedent because then you get Azuna, you get Acuna, their deals are going to come up eventually. Yeah. And they, they're going to do the same thing, hold out for more money and whatnot. Especially with the way that they've signed these guys early. I'm yeah. pretty sure Albi's got a really like team-friendly deal early in his career. And I, I want to say Acuna did as well. I forget what it was. Maybe it was just a rumor deal for Acuna, but uh, they signed Albi's like a five-year, like $35 million contract, like something amazing for the team. They bought his arbitration years in like the first couple of years of his free agency, similar to what Key Brian Hayes took today with the uh, with the Pirates. Um, but I, I do like Matt Olson a lot. I think he's a really good fit on that team. He's no different than Freeman, honestly. He's a good defender. Younger, um, right? I don't know. Yeah, he's younger. Um, he's going into his prime. They just signed him for a contract that makes more sense for him, given his age versus what Freeman got with the Dodgers, although I don't really care the Dodgers have all the money in the world. Yeah. Um, Ozuna's back. I like Freed a lot. It's only a matter of time before Soroka's back, and that that team is just very good. They're they're loaded to make another run. Now they're very young, but um, are they a lock for the NL East? No, and this is why because they're very young, and young players are not necessarily, you know, used to short off season right back at it, go contend again. These aren't the '90s Braves with you know Glavin, Maddox, and Smoltz, and Bobby Cox at the helm. This is Brian Snicker, who has been in, the, been in that organization for like 60 years. But still, I think that's a good team. I think Olsen's one of the most underrated hitters in baseball, too. I think he, him in a big market is going to be awesome. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, it gets, it gets a chance at, uh you know, being the premier guy, one of the premier guys on that team especially. Yeah, the Braves have uh, a good team. You don't think there's anything to – so you're saying having a shortened offseason hurts this specific uh, young Atlanta team to be a lock for the NLEs? Yeah, well, first of all, I think the Mets and Phillies got better. 
Oh, yeah, I, sure. I also think the Marlins got better for whatever that's worth, and the Nats are still there. Um, and the NL East all, all play each other pretty well. So it's yeah. not like one of these divisions where everybody's just going to beat up on the A's. Not every, They might beat up on the Nats a little bit, but it's still going to be competitive all year. Um, I think young teams have a tougher time getting back to the promised land. Remember when the, uh, when the Astros won the World Series, I don't think they made the playoffs the next year. So, Oof, And I'm remember. almost positive the Red Sox missed the playoffs in 2005. I got to look back, though. <laughs> they were hung over from 2004. Can yeah. you believe them? <laughs> Which is what makes the Yankees run amazing in the early 2000s and the Braves in the 90s. And even the Phillies, they only won the one. But they got back to the dance every year, and they gave themselves a swing, uh, you know, fighting chance five years in a row. So the fightings, yeah. So I think a young team, they don't know how to do it just yet. Mm-hmm. They'll figure it out at some point, obviously. And that team, they've been in the playoffs every year anyway, so they'll figure it out. And it, when Acuna comes back, he's going to be a shot in the arm for them. I mean, I think this is going to be the the most fun the NLEs will be in a while for me yeah. as a casual I, viewer. I think this will be fun. I still think the Braves are the best team in the division. I think they're still the favorite to win. Yeah. However, I, I, the Mets can certainly pose a threat. They have such a good rotation. Uh, their their lineup is deep. They have a lot of good good you know good position players. They brought in Canna and uh, Starling Marte this year. They brought in a part of Escobar. They got um, Mad Max. They still got yeah, the got Mad Max. You know, they, they have a good team. And also, you know, the Phillies for for whatever it's worth, with uh, Bryce Harper at the helm, basically carrying that pathetic team on its back. He led spring training in homers and RBIs too. Yeah, like he's already in form. Uh, he basically carried that team as close as he could yeah. to you know win the division or at least right. And then they ended up obviously bowing out gracefully, and then the Braves went on to win the whole thing. So never know yeah. with the Anellis. It usually gives me a little a little sense of comfort knowing that you lost to the team that wound up winning anyway. Like in 2007, when the Phillies lost, they lost to Colorado, who went to the World Series. 09, they lost in the World Series. Yeah. And then 2010 and 11, they lost in the playoffs to the team that won the World Series. At least last year, they were put out of their misery by the Braves, who wound up winning it all. I would <laughs> I would feel worse if they lost to the Braves and the Braves went and got swept in the first round. Oh, yeah, that would be oh, miserable. That bum team, we could have been better than that. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, just to round out the rest of the, uh, the evening, yeah. we have um, the Astros visiting the Angels. Framber Valdez will get the start for Houston and... Some kid, I don't know who this is. Shohei Otani. Otani will start. Shohei Otani starts for the uh, the Angels tonight. Um, expectations for Otani this season. How do we feel about him? I think it, he'll put up numbers, but it will not match or over exceed what he did last season. It's it's tough to follow that up. It, yeah, it was just everything clicked, all the stars aligned. But he will hit. How many did he hit? Forty, right? Or forty last year, yeah. I'll say twenty-three bombs. Probably bring in close to forty runs. Forty-six last year. Forty-six, nice. which is more than double his previous high. I'll say 22. twenty. I'll say twenty-three home runs and a quality ace for the Angels. Yeah, will he I win think- MVP? Will he win the Cy Young? I have him. I think that's the Cy Young, but. They have tape on them. You know, I think you have. Uh, you might actually have Syndergaard as Cy Young. Well, yeah, I have Syndergaard as NL. Wait, oh no. So yes, Syndergaard. Damn, that's right. Yeah, I have Syndergaard. Thor. It's in the uh, in the dock actually. Yep. Let me see. Yeah, I got him. But anyway, I digress. Ooh. I think it's gonna be a quality start. Syndergaard starts Game Three against uh, Justin Verlander, making his return too. Um, and then the last game oh, of the night. Last. The last game of the night, um, 
is let me see where that I just lost. It was just here. Padres at Diamondbacks. Padres Diamondbacks, a classic pitching matchup. Madison Bumgarner and New Darvish with a combined over twenty years in the majors. That'll be fun. No Tatis, <laughs> obviously. Uh, San Diego still favored. Arizona is like kind of on the upswing, hoping to kind of inch back into relevancy this year. So fun, fun. Uh, still not. I talked about it last time. Mm-hmm. Opening day is usually like a romantic day. Feel really good about the sport. It doesn't feel the same with uh, a lot of the marquee names not in. I mean, Trout will be playing, Otani's playing, but you're missing half the teams, and the Yankees Red Sox game got postponed. So I also feel the same sentiment, but also with all the the bullshit that happened in the offseason with the millionaires versus the billionaires, kind of just putting a black eye on the sport personally, in my opinion. Because now. You see how dirty baseball is and how old and stuck in their ways they are. And then you get to this point, and the timing is not great. Weather is not cooperating in the Northeast. And then, like you said, the marquee matchups are not really there, especially the Yankees, Red Sox, not even playing on opening day. So it's kind of weird, but yeah, alas, here we are. At least um, baseball's back. At the very least, tomorrow afternoon, the Phillies will get going, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Frankie mm-hmm. Montes, who might be the last good player left on the A's. Well, they have some pitching still. They have Montes and Luzardo and all those guys. Moneyball. Um, and Aaron Nola gets to start. Uh, this will be, I think, now his fifth consecutive opening day start. Jesus. Yeah, I believe this is going to be his fifth consecutive opening day start. He started against Atlanta in 18 and 19, 2020 against the Marlins, last year against the Braves, and then um, this year against the A's. Um the thing that does concern me real quick, and I'm not to get on a tangent, is because the first series was canceled, they moved it to the back of the season. Mm-hmm. Philly's now finished in Houston, which scares me to death. If they're two games out of the, the wild card and they got to win out to, to get into the playoffs, they got to face Verlander and Valdez and Urquidy to finish the season. I'm, I'm terrified of that. So, Yeah, especially if, if Houston's also not a lock to win their division and they're also fighting for a playoff spot. They're still a very good team. They still have Altuve. They still have Bregman. They still have Alvarez. Uh, and then they, they still have Brantley. So yeah, it's going to be core. Yeah. Um, so tomorrow's game, I would imagine the Phillies are probably favored. Um, we'll do a quick TTP on Minus this one. 190. Okay, that's probably more to do with the lineup than it is the pitching matchup because I think Montes is just as good as Nola. Fandle didn't have any any props on, though. Yeah, I don't think they usually come through until the day of. But, um, but if there was anything, I would have Big Dick Nick, pause. I would have Schwaba and MV3. All hitting home runs. Like a shore bomb? A shore bomb. A mahusive one, too. Yeah. Dead center, by the way. Hoskins, I would get a hit, and then Real Muto gets two hits. Whether that is two hits plain Jane or, you know, the double, and then you already hit. Whatever that one is. Because I think we discussed it last season when I was trying to bet on baseball games. I didn't know what this meant. You're like, oh, if he hits a double, you automatically win. Yeah, yeah, double like a t- Yeah. Sometimes um, like two hits is a double. One of my favorite things to do is, uh, and as I'm doing it right now, mm-hmm. is uh, the f- the first five, where you pick uh, who will be leading after the fifth inning. Oh Jesus! Uh, I like doing that a lot. Um, so I'm actually looking at the Reds, Braves, um, Mets, and Nats right now. I think the Phillies will probably be leading after the first five tomorrow. You can probably put a for all you famous uh, like your gamblers out there, put a unit on that. <laughs> um, let's see who else we like in this one. Let's go with you guys. Okay. Right, we're gonna, you guys we're gonna put a dollar on that all right uh, i like the phillies to probably not surrender the lead at any point uh whatever nola's over under for strikeouts is i'll probably take that um i'm 
A little concern, though. He's given up a lot of home runs and a lot of hard contact in the spring. He yeah. doesn't have overpowering fastballs, um, whether it's a sinker or more of a straight fastball. But he does have pretty devastating breaking stuff. So I think the strikeouts will be a little bit better this year. He, he did talk a little bit more in the spring about becoming more efficient. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's a bad thing for the strikeouts, but the, the A's are just dreadful. Good like this team sucks. Do you think there's gonna be any bit of opening day jitters where there's a shock uh victor by the A's where like the bats aren't coming alive and the the strike zone with the umpire is also questionable and then the pitching just doesn't have a command of the over the play. Do you think there's a chance of opening day jitters? Well two years ago they, they lost to um to Miami here, so it's not out of the question, right? I yeah. think uh, if you want to pick any player in the in the lineup for the A's, it's going to be Seth Brown that I think might get NOLA. Um, he's the guy stepping in, most likely getting the at-bats that are vacated by Matt Olson. Mm-hmm. He's also a good young player. I like his power. I like his bat. Um, I think if anybody on the A's goes deep, it'll be him, and NOLA's susceptible to the long ball, especially in a tiny ballpark like this. Yeah. But I still like the Phillies to win. Oh, likewise, too. I have them, um, I'd say a good 4-1. I feel uh, like it's just opening day. They're not really gonna, even though they were what ten and seven or something like that in the spring training. I think at home the opening day jitters and you know, it's just mental mistakes. But four one, I would have it. I'm gonna I'm gonna double and go eight two. I think they uh, they go Start up out strong. Go up maybe in the third inning and then maybe late in the game they get, they get a couple like a handful of insurance runs. Maybe it's like five two going into like the seventh inning, and they okay. put up three runs between the seventh and the eighth. Which, uh, I mean, they did that a couple of years ago against the Braves when Hoskins hit the grand slam and then they broke it open as the game went on. So I, I do like, um, I don't know if I like any homers from the Phillies, though. I mean, if anybody does it, uh, if somebody dies, give me Castellanos to hit a home run. Um, <laughs> if uh, if it comes, if Duble gets suspended again, give me Castellanos. Um, if something amazing happens in sports. <laughs> I mean, a Schwarber bomb would be pretty dope. I mean, McCutcheon homered in his first at bat as a Philly a couple of years ago. If Schwarber does the same because he's leading off. Most likely, anyway. Um, if Schwarber wants to hit a bomb in the first thing, that'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> All right. There you hear You hear it first at the PE turn pod. All right. Lacrosse now we're going indoors. Indoors. Across the street to Wells Fargo Center. Home of the Sixers. Um, the NBA regular season is winding down, Rob. It's only like, what, a handful of games now? Um, I think they're in the final three games for the Phillies now. Yeah, um, but before we get down to the the Sixers um, MVP race, man, it's not looking good for our boy Joel Embiid. It's not, and they're they're pushing this Jokic thing. And I'm not saying Jokic doesn't deserve it because I think you can make an argument for Embiid, Jokic, or Giannis. But Jokic has a chance to miss the playoffs, and Giannis, really, is, yes. And Giannis is also not exactly setting the world on fire. It's just more Giannis doing Giannis stuff. So. Uh, just give it to Embiid. Who cares? Like, what are we doing? It's just a waste. I, and I think Embiid also said it on the uh, JJ Reddick podcast, podcast, or somewhere else. I heard he feels like the media is out to get him or something. Like he doesn't understand. Like, why is it kind of not really his? I, he feels like he would love to win it, but he feels like the narrative is more on Jokic and others. Yeah. Like it's, he's not really getting the respect that he thinks he deserves. It, it sounds whiny on one hand, but I do think it's process bias. I think there is, you know, Adam Silver will never allow Philadelphia to win a championship or any accolades <laughs> to occur. I mean, it's amazing they even gave Simmons rookie of the year the one year. Um, 
the way uh so Denver is actually two games up on the seven seed Minnesota Timberwolves. So there's a chance Denver has to play in the play in. Damn, Jamal so, Murray's absence is big. Killing him. And this MVP who, you know, y'all have this a front runner is not is doing all he can, but he's really not the team's not playing up to expectations. I think they also have other injuries. Um I didn't do the greatest research on this segment, but the play-in. I only bring this up because... There you go. I only bring this up because the Los Angeles Lakers finally are now officially put to pasture like old Yeller. They're good as good as dead. LeBron sat out that game as well. Uh, Westbrook is likely to sit out as well too now. Well, no, no. That game that they lost... Yeah. They got eliminated. LeBron didn't even play. So Well, I mean, Westbrook is not even playing the rest of the season now. So uh, shut him down. They're, they're mailing it in as it is. Yeah. Vogel's already packing his bags to go back to Margate. It's a wrap. Or Ocean LeBron. City, wherever he's from down here. Give LeBron four years at a time. He'll kill your coach in the, in the span. And the team that you already had before he got there. He'll kill it. Yeah. Um, yeah all the talent's gone. They're gonna end up, their biggest trade chip is Taylor Norton Tucker at this point. <laughs> Or Malik Monk. Yeah, Monk, I guess, yeah. Um, do you have the standings in front of you? I do. So, as it stands right now, in the Eastern Conference, Miami is the number one seed. Boston, Milwaukee, Jeez. Philadelphia, Toronto, Chicago from two through six. So, if the season ended right now, yeah, Cleveland would host Brooklyn in the 7-8 game. Oh. Winner, The winner of that game becomes the seventh seed, which would face the number two seed. And then, Boston. so Atlanta plays Charlotte. The winner of that moves on to play against the loser of the 7-8 game to determine who would be the 8 seed, which I, I think it's stupid. Just make the top eight teams get in the play. To having 10 playoff teams basically per conference is just, I understand you want more revenue because of COVID yeah. and everything, but I think it's ridiculous. So honestly, I so Atlanta would play Charlotte and whoever wins that, whoever loses goes home. Whoever wins it moves on to play the loser of the Cleveland-Brooklyn game. Um, and that would determine the the eight in the east. The west right now, um, one and two is pretty much set. Phoenix and Memphis. Then you got a little bit of um, yeah. uncertainty with three and four. Golden State is, tw- is uh, five games behind Memphis, and then Dallas is only a half game behind them. So Golden State and Dallas right now are three and four. Utah and Denver are five and six. Uh, Denver is a game behind Utah, but they're only two games up on Minnesota. And then the next three teams are pretty much set. Um, Clippers, New Orleans, and San Antonio. So. Are you worried if this if the playoffs were to start tomorrow? Are you worried about Philly versus Toronto? Not for the, the four reason, or five seeds. So not for the reason you probably think. And no, the no, no, other not people the, probably think. Not the not, uh, not, not the Thibel thing. I'm more concerned about the fact that they have not looked that good against Toronto this year. Exactly. And they they haven't looked good against Toronto since I can since basically since the process began. Because I, Toronto this is the shot, I thought. Well, even before the shot, they struggled with them in the regular. I don't think they beat them in that regular season. Um, so they've always struggled with Toronto. The last big win against Toronto, aside from Game Four or Game Three in the playoffs, was uh, was the 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 game where they beat Toronto in Philly in that January of 2016 or whatever, 17, mm-hmm. when that one magical month before they even made the playoffs. Um, but they've always struggled against Toronto. Whoever is the backup five for the Sixers is going to struggle. Because Toronto plays small, and Toronto can can move. They don't have anybody that can guard Fred Van Vliet. I'm a little concerned. I would much off. rather leapfrog Milwaukee. So Milwaukee and Boston play tonight. 
whoever wins that game pretty much solidifies themselves as a two seed. Whoever loses falls behind Philly if the Sixers win tonight. So the Sixers need to win tonight because then they would get Chicago in the first round. And Chicago hasn't beaten a good team all year. So, dude, Chicago has fallen off since all these injuries have taken place. Especially Lonzo is the the top. I don't even know if they've fallen off. I think they're just pretenders because they've beaten bad teams. Early they're doing the, they're doing the thing that you know good teams are supposed to. They're beating the good team. They beat the bad teams and they're losing to the good ones. Chicago has stunk against Philly, Milwaukee, Boston, and Miami. But they've beaten up on the Atlanta, Charlotte, Washington, New York, Indiana, Detroit, Orlando's of the world. So I think it's more, they're also, I think, a year away from anything special. Well, if there's any consolation prize, the Sixers are up 17 4, five minutes left in the first quarter. Wow. And uh, Maxi and Toby each have six. Hmm. Harden, zero points. What's he, 0 for 10 already? Oh, for one. So whatever the line is right now, take it because it's probably Toronto plus seven. Danny Green one three. If he hits one per quarter, I profit tonight. Is that what the bet is? One so, per. Th- so I need Danny Green to have four threes tonight. He got his championship ring from 2019. And he's starting tonight. He's starting in the absence of Matisse Thibault, which we're not going to harp on because they've done plenty of that on sports radio. We're not sports radio. We are the Turnpod, and. <laughs> So I think, and I think there's a little bit extra juice for him. He's going back to Toronto, where he won the title. Obviously, uh, he hasn't been back. He's only been back there maybe once or twice. They played in, you know, remember he was a Laker the year after he left. So they probably didn't even play in Toronto while he was there because he only played him once away. Mm-hmm. Then last year he was a Sixer, but Toronto was playing in Florida, so they probably waited until this year to hand out the rings anyway. Now ah, they're back in sense. Canada, and they probably waited for this game. I don't know why they didn't just do it in December when they played, but who knows. But good for him. Congratulations. Uh, his his streak ended, however. What's what streak? He won uh, three titles with three different teams. Ah. And he actually man. won two consecutive with two different teams. The man who would just jump around team to team, get the ring, and get out. Um, well, I mean, that's some positive, right? No Thibel. And they're up 20 to 6, I believe, last time I checked it. Uh yeah, I would agree. I would hopefully we beat Toronto tonight. Chicago takes care of business, gets off the schneid, losing three in a row, makes it to the five seed, and then we're in better shape. Just has confidence and momentum heading into the second round because at work in Philly, the consensus is this team is with James Harden is just a bum right now, and it's a little bit overreacting, of course. That uh, they're going to be bowed out in the first round. That's like the consensus at work. Like Doc doesn't know how to coach. His lineup is atrocious. His decision making in the fourth quarter with like two, three minutes left is ridiculous. And every team is just seems like head and shoulders above them in all yeah. facets of the game. So the consensus in Philly at work anyway. This team will be lucky to get out of the first round versus it's, anybody except for the Bulls. It's almost like they're playing with one hand tied behind their back and they're going into a fight. Like yeah. it does feel like they're kind of handicapped at times by Rivers. Now the only thing he's done that I can commend him for in recent weeks is that game against Miami where he just said, All right, Tyler Hero can't guard me. Everybody just targeted that man and then they scored what eighteen points against him in the fourth quarter. So Do you think that's uh Coach Yeager? I don't know. As the defense, see, like his call? I, that's what I've wondered. So I don't know how, I don't know what every coach does. I still don't know what a head coach does in any sport. 
because in football, you have coordinators. In baseball, you have a hitting coach, a pitching coach, third base coach, first base coach who also work with the infielders and stuff. Yeah. At what point are you just making the rock, just making a lineup? Like, well, for baseball and football, I believe like the head manager and the head coach are the ones that just give the final say. Like, they'll yeah. hear everything, but they'll get the final like demand and they'll take the bullet if it goes bad or good. Yeah, you got with like basketball. I feel like it's more of a player's intuition and a player's feel of like, let's do it this way. Like LeBron's yeah. kind of that player coach type of thing. Steve Nash looked like he has no idea what he's doing on the court. And even Kyrie last year said they don't even know if um, if, they, if they don't even think coaches are like necessary. <laughs> well, he's an idiot. Well, fair, but he's an idiot. But uh, I wonder if if Jaeger was more uh, involved in that scheme, or yeah. just you saw the obvious early in the game anybody on a hero can score just yeah. if it's not broke why change it why fix it yeah, exactly so just go to it um, um but lastly boston this team looked like dead in the water let's trade for jalen brown just rebuild they were what 22 and 20 sometime something in the yeah, they at were christmas in the 500 range and then eight losses since basically Christmas of last year, and they find themselves... Is that right? Yeah. I saw it on TikTok, so it must be true. Fair. And they find themselves two games back of first place. Obviously, they probably won't get it with a handful of games left, but they have secured the second seed so, pretty much. So now something for them to keep in mind yeah. is Jalen Brown and Robert Williams are ineligible to play in Canada as well. Mm. So if they wind up playing Toronto, that hurts them. Now they also will play four home games instead of three. And the Sixers right now, as it stands, would still play four home games instead of three. And if if players, you know, not, not that it's anybody, but I'm also not a doctor. If I didn't get the booster or whatever now, you got 21 days before you're eligible to play in Canada. That would be in time for game three in the first round. So if Thibault, let's say, gets his thing today, by the time game three rolls around in the first round, he's actually not going to miss any games. But I don't think that's likely. Yeah. Boston is just so talented and usually pretty deep. Horford looks good. Williams looks good. Derek White has been like such a great pickup for them. I don't know mm-hmm. why the Spurs let him go. I don't know why anybody else let Boston get him. Um, I think at the time of the trade, you were even befuddled. You were like, what I, is this? Yeah, I didn't, well, I didn't realize it happened. You read it off, and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, say the, that again? The Spurs are also like in it. So it was weird that they did that. And it was virtually for nothing. So I mean, they were barely in it. They got the last yeah. spot. Yeah, they're but, ten right now. But I mean, I guess realistically, they're not but, Aust- but but Boston's eight and two in their last ten, wow. the best in the entire NL in the in the Eastern Conference. I'm already thinking that, baseball, football. That uh, I think that does include a win. I think against Brooklyn. I don't know. It my, had to be. Had I, Let me see. And the next best record is Toronto at uh, seven and three. I, I feel like they played on a Sunday, Brooklyn. Oh no! Well, they lost to. Uh, I'm, no, there was a Sunday where they lost to uh, Dallas. That's one of the dimly shots. Uh, but, I mean, yes, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are so talented that I, I'm a little concerned when I play against them. And Marcus Smart is – he could play on my team any day of the week because he's such a competitor. And They lost to the Raptors in Heat. That was the only two losses in that span. And it was back-to-back. I think we lost Rob. Oh, no. I think we lost Rob for a second. Uh, he's going to try to reconnect with us on the PA turnpot here. Um, let me see. Weather permitting. I think we should have postponed this uh, 
this podcast. Yeah, in the meantime, uh, when Rob tries, we try to get uh, lo- relocate of oh, Rob here. Oh, we'll do it live, ladies and gentlemen. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Um, yeah, Boston's crazy, guys. Um, right now, they're facing the Bucks on TNT. They, like I said, they're eight and two in their last ten. Their only two losses were back-to-back games against the Raptors in Toronto, and that's without, I believe, Brown and Tatum because they were injuries. And I guess, like Rob said, they will not be playing if they were to play in Toronto. And then that was only a one fifteen to one twelve loss. And here we got we got Rob back in uh in the frame here. And then their second loss was right after that was against the heat at home 106 98 so i mean boston's been good thus far and again that loss in toronto i kind of would just say it's a wash because a was close and b that's without their big time hitters because they were in toronto so if they were you know eligible to play in toronto i think it'd be a different case and we'd be talking about a nine and one team and you know miami's the number one team in the eastern so but uh enough of me ranting rob are you there i am it's uh, good to be back now. My it is raining where I am, so I apologize in advance and retroactively for any connectivity <laughs> issues we have here. Uh, we'll try our best to kind of power through the remainder of the episode. Um, but I heard you toward the end. Boston lost its two games to two credible teams, and yeah. Boston's a very good team as it is. Um, so, you want to go into some of the recent Sixers games since the last time we spoke? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, here, here I have it highlighted as April second. Uh, the Hills of the Hornets, a big win, 144-114. Uh, Embiid, just at this at this rate, it's just spectacular numbers after spectacular numbers. And then we'll get to a spectacular stat in the next uh, game or two. Yeah. But uh, he put up 29-14-6. He was 4-6 for six from the free throw, which is kind of low to getting to the, to the line, but it was the most out of the entire team, which is kind of scary because this team, I guess – since Harden's been here, relied on getting. That's where they get their, you know, their easy points. Getting the teams in foul trouble, getting to the, getting to the free throw line. Casper uh, had a big game, twenty three, five and four, and I think I, you know, I'm on record of saying this team needs to get to the line. It just can't be Harden and Embiid. Give me the bench. Give me Maxi. Give me Harris at the free throw, line, and you countered with well that's not really his game because he's more of a post-up shooter like you know he pull up he doesn't really drive into the lane but miraculously he got fouled twice and he made two for two on the free throws so he listens to the podcast but he was sensational from three all of a sudden five of nine and then uh harden just continues to be tragic with 12 points 13 dimes but unacceptable i mean he's better than uh ben simmons because ben simmons was giving us a straight zero across the board on the satellite sheet but 12 points is 12 points but for a number one guy or a number two guy guy who you traded seth curry for you got to give me better than that especially as we're heading into the playoffs Rob. yeah so he, he's still to me i i hope this isn't the case with him but i was talking to a couple of my friends about this the other day uh, yesterday and i'll relate it kind of to the phillies so when the phillies got gene segura there were you look at his numbers you're like, wow, this guy's great. He does this, he does this. And then you watch him and you're like, this guy freaking sucks. Like, <laughs> like it, I, 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 okay, that, it makes sense. There's this. So there's the number. This is where the numbers come from. Harden right now is just getting numbers in, in some ways. I mean, sometimes he's not scoring, but he's still finishing like the assists and the rebounds. 
and we'll get into his um we'll get into like his double doubles and triple doubles but he gets the numbers but like when you're watching you're just like i don't see it now yeah. that could be him slowing down it's obviously him slowing down because i've seen him and i watched him in his prime and he was phenomenal but it, it's weird because he, he goes out there and he's just like there and then you're like well he hasn't done anything there's another miss okay he's at the line and it's like harden 19 9 and 6 you're like oh when did any of that happen it's like uh tobias harris syndrome yeah he's got toby syndrome and Harris, for to his credit, is shooting, I believe, forty percent on catch, catch and shoot threes since Harden got here. So it's better. And, and Maxi, Tyrese Maxi, by the way, shooting forty nine percent from three since the All Star break, and shooting forty two and a half point, uh, forty two and a half percent from three this season, up thirteen percent from last season, and it's fifth in the NBA, higher than Seth Curry. Um, so in good company, he's up there with like Luke Kennard, Cam Johnson. Seth Curry and uh, some other guys I can't remember the names of, but and you don't think a Maxi is a three point specialist compared to those who are three point specialists? It's kind of crazy though. And his, his shot, his shot never looks like it's going in. It, it just oh, looks yeah. like it's like sh- you're just pushing it to where it's just like kind of throwing it. But it's it, almost it goes like in. a Joachim Noah kind of like shooting, like how he does this. Yeah, it's like, like you said, it's weird. He almost but, looks like a high, high school yeah. player like he, okay that's what his shot looks like well they're gonna have to fix that at the next level but it's going in so i guess it doesn't like matter an undersized uh player just yeah. <clears throat> just launching the ball like you know when a little kid tries to shoot yeah with the big basketball that's how it looks like like a shot you know it's weird if you look back in history some of the most uh like talented shooters in history and some ugly shots that you wouldn't teach mm-hmm. i mean curry shot is still kind of a natural like seth has a more natural shooting motion than steph uh larry bird had an ugly shot and reggie miller and you wouldn't teach any of that so <laughs> Even LeBron's is still kind of is kind of weird. He doesn't really go straight up. He kind of leans one way, kind of leans on his left. Like he sh- like when on he shoots, right. it's almost like he's on right. like a forty five degree angle. So yeah. Um, but I but, mean, Maxi, whatever, just keep doing what you're doing and keep getting better. He's yeah. uh, pretty much doubled all of his statistics. And that's also because of the the season that Embiid's been having. So he's commanding the double triple team, yeah. and then the effect of having Hard in there as well. So it it frees up these guys to just catch and shoot. I wonder what. If you had Cork Moss in the lineup a little bit more, to have him open, have his confidence back up, especially heading into the playoffs, would be big. Give me a Paul Reed. Um, you alluded to this too. You've been saying this probably since the birth of this podcast, but Paul Reed is basically Christian Wood in the making. Yeah, we just, just don't see it. And watch when he becomes that when he plays for X team next season or whenever that becomes. Even Charles Bassey. Bassey is like, he looks like Hakeem Akeem. I can't speak tonight. Uh, he just looks like Hakeem Olajuwon in the G League right now. Uh, we're never going to see these guys here. Maury's going to offload them for second round picks next year, and they're going to be on Charlotte and, I don't know, the Knicks putting up, you know, 15 and 6 a night. The Knicks. Um, the next game, and they played it back to back. So they hosted the Hornets, then they went to Cleveland to face the Cavaliers. Who've played them tough all season, one twelve one oh eight victory, uh, two in a row right there. Um, and beat spectacular, uh, just unbelievable. Forty four and seventeen. Did you catch any of this game? Because I was away in Miami, so I didn't catch this entire weekend here. But Harden gave us the triple double, the twenty one ten ten, and then Maxi and Harris abysmal though, combined eight for twenty five from the field. So the the third would have been Sunday. I don't think yeah. I saw that. Okay. I don't know what I was doing on Sunday, but I don't, I don't think I was watching that. We were out for most of the day. Mm-hmm. And then I believe what happened. What was I doing Sunday? 
I spent a lot of time cleaning and kind of cooking a little bit. So Sunday was kind of a wash. I had the game on and then eventually turned it off. But Maxi and Harris were pretty brutal. Harden was pretty bad too, even though he had the triple double. He only had four field goals, I'm pretty sure. You um, blink and he's like, oh, wait, you got a triple double. Yeah. What? It's the Iguodala triple double. You don't believe it happened. Uh, <laughs> but Embiid did his thing. They they were outstanding. They finished strong. I believe that was the game. Thibel finished it off with a steal. Um, so good game all around. I, I would like to see them not blow leads. But hey. <sighs> um, and then the on Tuesday night, I saw none of this, but they beat the Pacers by nine. Uh, Embiid had 45 and 13. He is now the third player in NBA history to have 12 games of 40 points and 10 rebounds in a single season. Um, can you name the other two? It must be Jokic because he's like always a front runner of MVP, right? Um, Kobe? So the other two are Moses Malone, the Ooh. year he won MVP with the Sixers, and Russell Westbrook, the year he won his MVP. Uh-huh. So Embiid, if he doesn't win MVP, it's again, it's just shame. And is it Embiid um, getting the scoring title? This year? Um, well, if LeBron isn't still trying to steal it, uh, Embiid, as of Tuesday, was the leading scorer point per game in the NBA this season. How is this man not getting the respect he deserves as MVP? They got him a, what did I say, a plus 200 all of a sudden, and Jokic minus 250. What is this nonsense? They hate the this process. Bias. So he averages 30.4 points a game this season versus LeBron's 30.3. Giannis at 29.9. Durant 29.9 are the next two. Speaking of Durant, that Nets team is catching on fire at a dangerous yeah, time. He looked very good the other night. You do not want to see them in the playoffs. Yep, I agree. Dangerous. Not that you would have wanted to in the first place, but yeah. definitely not now. Um, and the only thing I can speak on this Pacers game, I was at work and I was making bets. Dude, I had a nasty single game parlay, like I always do. And I don't know if I shared it with you, but I missed it because James, if he had a middle name, I would say it, but I don't know if he does. James Blank Harden couldn't even give me 15 points, Rob. I thought that was a shoe in You can give me 15. I think he ended up the game with, what, 13, 12? James Edward Harden. James Edward Harden, you fucking bum. I lowered it. It was like a minus 2,000. That's how FanDuel was confident that you would hit 15 points. You didn't even give me that, and everything else hit on my ticket. That one failed me. Granted, it only put 10 bucks, but it was a plus 3,000-something. I would have walked away a happy man Tuesday. You bum. He's struggling, yet this team finds a way to win these games. And they should be winning these games because seeding matters. I do not want to face Toronto. Give me the hell away from Brooklyn after that disgusting loss when they came here at Wells Fargo. Give me Chicago. Give me my bearings back in, and let me see you in the second round. Um, tonight, um, let's just give an update with the Raptors. Raptors game. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Last time I checked, they, they were up twenty to six at first. I think they're up thirty three twenty nine. Uh, thirty four thirty two right now. <laughs> midway of the second, it looks like nine fifty left. Hope you took Raptors plus ten. Eesh. What was what seven and a half when the last time we checked? Was, it? Uh, I think it was one and a half when the game started. Ah, Jesus. Uh, let me see quick box score. And be the only one in double figures for the Sixers. He's got ten, I believe. Danny he Green is six off the bench. Danny Green is going to just bend you over and destroy your freaking parlay, oh. your prop. He is three points only. Well, so. he's on pace because if he gets one one and a quarter, he'll be fine. 
Well, he has nine minutes to do it in this one. I, I don't think so. I'm sorry, but I don't think he's going to get it. Um, let me see. For the Raptors. Oh, no Van Fleet. No Van Fleet yeah. playing. Yeah, he's out tonight. Uh, Scotty Barnes, zero points. Achua, bless me. Bless uh, th- three points. Uh, Siakam, 11 points. And Trent Jr. going off with the three-pointers, uh, 11 points. Oh, cool. Good player. But yeah. So they play Saturday against the Pacers. It's fitting that they finish the season on a back-to-back. Saturday against the Pacers, and then Sunday against Detroit. the Pistons. So, I mean, is it, is it realistic to expect them to win out? They only have three games remaining, including tonight. Tonight would be a big win because it would. It would not only does it matter from the standpoint of standings, but if they beat Toronto in Toronto heading into a series against Toronto, yeah, then that could do a little bit for your psyche. It, it sucks Without going into, Yeah. And it goes into a series. If you lose tonight, you go into that series regardless if you think you're better. You go, oh, well, we just lost to them. And that's in the back of your mind versus if you beat them, hey, we just beat this team on their home floor. We got four at home. When we start the series, obviously, with two at home. Yeah. We got four at home against them. You can still a win in Toronto, come back home, and just finish it off. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would like this team to finish it off. Ah, no. I would like this team to lose to the Pacers, and that's with sitting out not in B because they'll find a way to fuck him. But give him less minutes, I guess. But, you know, give Paul Reed some minutes. Cork Moss some minutes. Milton some minutes. Joe. Get that corpse that's called Millsap. Get him a jersey. I don't think he even brings his gear anymore. He just sits on the bench. He's at the Occupies airport. the bench. Yeah, he's probably at the airport already. Um, I would like Doc to incorporate these young guys. Get their legs going. Gav is starting five and six. If you call Niang a six, ready for the first round, whoever they're going to face. But that's how I would go about it. Um, and that's it for the show. I'm joking. Um, any any other words though on that? Like, do you expect them to win out, or do you want them to win out? Heading yeah, into I want the I want them to be as hot as possible heading into the playoffs, but I also don't want them to be sluggish heading into the playoffs. If Harden needs a blow, get him a blow. Um, figuratively not at cheerleaders um, <laughs> get him you know get hard in a day off if you need to maybe, and, maybe, maybe that would work though cheerleaders and day off give him two days off yeah why not give him the whole weekend off uh, give him a four day weekend if, if they're not going to they're not going to give MB the MVP anyway just sit him if you have to um, Julius Irving I'll get to him later with this MVP nonsense got to add that's my else um, but Terrible. whatever if you got to sit him sit him yeah um, all right uh, we're going to start our new segment that I teased in the very beginning. It's called the two-minute scramble. This is where basically our sports sampler lived in the top of the show, and it would kind of make the episode run long. I don't know how long this episode has been running, but uh, hopefully it's helped. If not, you know, we'll uh, change it. And we'll, we are also open to any feedbacks. You can hit us up at Instagram or the emails. Uh, Rob, the email is PA Turnpod. <laughs> PA Turnpod, all one word, at gmail.com. Yeah. The Instagram is PA underscore Turnpod. Or you can hit us up on a, at our individual Instagrams. Or if you have our numbers, hit us up and see what you know what we can change, what we can update, what would you like to see. Don't expect me to text back very quickly, though. That too, yeah. And don't be discouraged if my says notifications are silent. I will read them <laughs> eventually. Hey, I'm driving right now. Yeah. <laughs> you want to guess how many unread text messages I have? We'll set the number over under 199 and a half. Well over. Uh, 337. 
<laughs> Dude, that was a low number to start. None from you, however. I usually answer you pretty quickly. Ah, oh, there you go. I appreciate it. I got like a year in my five. You know, the Charles Barkley commercials were, you're in my five. <laughs> I got like five people I talked to. The Fab about. Five? Yeah. Not <laughs> or, counting work. I don't even think I text anybody up. Work people and then like maybe three people in my real life. That's funny. I got this is going to date me, but this is like uh, the top eight on MySpace. You have Tom and then you have your seven other friends. <laughs> so I have my top, what, six? Oh, you, you do the thing with the little bubbles at the top of your text yeah, thing? Yeah, priority. Priorities at the top. Fair. Yeah. I have you at number one. Oh. I have, Ooh, I have my, a picture too. Yes. The one we're flexing with the uh, the 21 jersey for our 21. <laughs> <laughs> I have my sister. I have a, a mutual friend. Not Well, not our mutual friend, but mutual friend of my best friends for our, the wedding. So we just talk here and there. Take technically flagrant group chat. Hey, that is where a lot of things live there. A lot of great unspoken things live I'm there. I'm in your five twice. Yes, and then uh, have the bachelor party slash groomsmen gr- group chat, and then I have a coworker whose name is Craig. But if you see closely, his picture is of Joe Biden looking. Oh, confused. I thought that was Colin Mockery. I couldn't tell. And <laughs> no. and he's a big. Uh, uh, Trump fan, so I like to put a bite in there. <laughs> so when he calls me, I'm like, I'll look at Joe Biden calling me. He falls asleep looking at him. And the, uh, and the brilliant part about it is because his phone's a little wonky for whatever reason, it but dials only me. And he's like, What did I call you? I'm like, Ah, you are Joe Biden. <laughs> you were just lost and confused. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it just works out perfectly. But it's funny. We're both in our top uh, five or top 10 of yeah. each other's. So I don't actually have a literal, the, the four. And we've lost Rob. Bubbles without my texting thing. It's just every see, see all the. Oh Jesus! And there's more coming in as we speak. Look at all the Twitter. Look at all the blue dots. Look at all yes. the people I haven't answered. Um, <laughs> That's gold. Hi wolves! Here are your updated dudes. Um, oh my god! All right, here's the two minute scramble. I'll start the clock. Ready? Break. Hut, hut, hut. All right, let me see if I can get this to go. We're doing it live here on the PA. Term we got to put like the uh, the NFL countdown music in the background, the, the one that they used to play when Boomer and uh, Tom Jackson would do the thing. I don't remember. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, that. Dun, 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 <laughs> I will. Buccaneers, oh. Ravens. I'll just go right in it. So I'll go this do is, it. I will kill say. this in less than two minutes. Ah, uh, never know. All right, here we go. The clock starts okay. now. Two in the morning. Twenty starts. second scramble. Boom. All right. All right. Kansas defeated North Carolina in the NCAA championship right after Kansas defeated Villanova and North Carolina retired Coach K. Your thoughts? <laughs> Coach K, swan song, goodbye, see ya, good riddance. Uh, new era in Duke. Uh, North Carolina does it twice. It's so nice they had to do it twice. Yeah, he went out with a whimper, I guess. It's Fireman um, Joe uh, relishing in his victory. I believe he called this exact uh lineup for the finals oh he may have uh, i saw him on tuesday i didn't ask him about the wagers though ah all right uh next nfl the bills and stefan diggs agreed to a four-year 104 million dollar extension rob your thoughts my thoughts are by the time Devonte smith is ready to get paid they're gonna have to buy him like an entire city and just <laughs> give it to him instead of finding a contract these these young prima donna receivers are just outdoing each other one by one uh, just when Jalen Waddles due for a contract, oh, when all these other young guys, Jamar Chase, they're going to get huge Chase. contracts. And these guys are going to be getting quarterback money soon, and quarterbacks are going to get in like owner money soon. Out, out of those three, Waddle, uh, Adam, uh, Smith, and Chase, do you think Chase will be 
because he was in the Super Bowl already, will he be the highest of the three? Yeah, I think it'll go and, in the long Chase, term. Yeah, Chase Waddle Smith. I think I think Smith and Waddle are closer than Chase is to the other two. I think gotcha. Chase is the best. He's also got the best quarterback thrown on the ball. All right. On over the weekend, Eagles and Saints make this bizarre trade that people where, are mad about. <laughs> people are mad about. But uh the Eagles get the eighteenth, the one hundred and first, and the two hundred and thirty seventh of this year, plus next year's first round and the following year's second round, while the Saints only get the sixteenth pick. The nineteenth and the one hundred ninety fourth of this year. Your thoughts? So this, so they traded a first round pick for a first round pick. They basically moved down one pick from the nineteenth to the eighteenth. They got a second round pick and they got an extra. It's been two minutes already. <laughs> two minutes is gone. <laughs> they got the extra picks. They uh-huh. got. I, I, I've, I'm fine. Who cares? I'd, I'd rather Howie have two shots of getting a quarterback next year than uh-huh. having three this year in a, in a draft that has only one decent quarterback in it. So I'm fine with that. How about you? I'm great with it now. In the moment, I hated it because I was at work and we were getting it in real time. And I shit you not, we were all calling for Howie Roseman's head at work while we were parking planes. We're talking to each other on the radio because what we what we understood was Howie gave up the 16th and 19th to get the 18th. That's all we thought. And we're like, why would he make such a dumbass move that he would give up two first rounds to get one near, nearby? It didn't make any sense, but... uh. Hey, it is what it is. It looks like the Saints are going to try to package it to get a quarterback. Yeah, and the Eagles way. still have two firsts this year, so the draft will still be fun. Yeah. Um, Glenn Rivers and Quinn Snyder, rumored for the mix for the Lakers head coaching job. Um, interesting. Also, Quinn Snyder is the rumored replacement for Pop when Pop retires. Any thoughts on this? Does it really matter? Are we happy to see Glenn go? Oh, no, don't take him. Please don't leave. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, peace. Adios, Glenn Rivers. Yeah, good and knowing Quinn you. Snyder, come to Philly. Come to yeah, Philly. why not? You look enough like Brett Brown that I would like you. Um, uh, number 10 for the Nets won't play in the final games of the regular season or the play-in. Um, more importantly... Are we shocked? You, no. <laughs> did you see who bought his house? Yes. You you sent me the link or you told me about it and I just couldn't yes. believe it. And then Twitter showed me the evidence. Um, so Nick Castellanos bought Ben Simmons' house in Jersey. And there was a video today, um, his wife put, or a, a picture his wife put on Instagram. Mm-hmm. There, I forget the, what's the word called where you walk around the house and you're like detoxing it or whatever. <laughs> like a sage or something? Yeah, she's doing sage in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when you told me, I'm like, that's a bad omen that he's going to yeah. go and take that house. Oh, they got, they, got the <laughs> hex, they got the hex taken off of that house. Do you think he gets to keep the Simo the Savage sign or do you think Simmons takes it with him? And I would just burn it at that point. I, I would go Nikki the Savage. It's a big house for two people. What do they even need it that big for? The sex. <laughs> I guess. Anthony Data Davis, unconcerned with trade chatter. Uh, uh, he he's should not be get, good as gone. He's not getting moved anyway. And the Hornets are the rumored destination for Russell Westbrook. Holy shit. Why? Uh, and also, not on the notes here, but the Cleveland Guardians re-signed Jose Ramirez, their best player. <laughs> are you surprised that they did that and they didn't trade him? I have no idea who that is, but he's, I'm very uh, surprised. Top five in MVP voting a few years ago. So he's, he's oh, an damn. excellent player. Ah, then he should be locked in. The Guardians, I mean, they're going to trade already. Bieber's going to get traded. They already traded Lindor. Bieber. They let Brantley walk. They let a lot of guys walk. So Cool. All right, so, and that was our two-minute <laughs> our two-minute thing. It was well over. I think we went four minutes. But It's like soccer. They gave us stoppage time at the end there. Yeah, for sure. They give credit to Boomer for doing it two minutes. My goodness, he crams hey, it, in everybody in two at minutes. At least, at least it kept us from going twenty-two minutes. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think in the future we maybe consider transitioning to the four-minute drill. 
The four-minute drill. It's always a four-minute drill. Two yeah. minutes overrated. Or we just call it the fire drill. I mean, we that, uh, takes over and over. That Chargers Raiders wasn't a two-minute. That was an entire fourth quarter. So Christ let's just uh, counter bless it for that, that one. That two minutes is actually the amount of time it takes for um, for an NBA game to finish the final two minutes, where it's like 22 minutes of real time because of all the timeouts <laughs> and reviews and crap they do. And all the <laughs> right. fouls. All right, uh, you want to go to the segment? I actually, took two minutes for Brandon Staley to make up his mind to call a timeout to kill his own team. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, W's and L's. I sir have one, two, three dubs and two L's. I got five W's and two L's. Which side do you want to start with? The negatives? And Always the, the negatives. Ones? Always. Yeah. The negatives. Well, finish with a happy ending. The Deshaun Watson the episode. <laughs> oh Jesus! And keep right. using that till the cows come. Uh, my first L. Um, Chasing kid. Chasing kid. Coach of the Mavs. Oh, Elmer Fudd. Yes, Elmer Fudd. Uh, the Mavs were in Detroit, I would think, yesterday or the day before. And I caught this on the YouTubes. Yeah, I'm old. Apparently, the Mavs have a, a couple guys on their roster that played for the Pistons. So throughout the game, they played them, you know, whatever. It's rotation. Boban's on the bench as well, who also played for the Pistons that I didn't even know about. He was in but, the Blake Griffin trade along with Tobias Harris. Oh, look at that. But he did not play. I believe he didn't play the entire game. If so, there's a good clip around the two-minute uh, warning in the fourth quarter. The fans started chanting, we want Boban, over and over and over, where the commentators had to acknowledge that they want Boban. And Jason Kidd ignored it for the entire duration of the two minutes. It didn't put Boban in. Boban is laughing, snickering. And I think somebody else on the bench, like, kind of pandered to the crowd that they want Bobon. They want to see Bobon on the court too, but for whatever reason, Jason Kidd didn't bend. And to his credit, by the forty-second, I would not not put in Bobon because Bobon's not a forty-second player. You're throwing like Scalabrini, like we want the White Mamba. Yeah. He's better than that. But I would have put him in sooner, or at least in that two-minute timeout. Give him, you know, the whole. You know, you're already winning. You're up twenty at that point. What's the harm in putting Bowen out there? But I'll give Jason Kidd an L for uh, robbing us and the Detroit Pistons fans of that moment. I remember when Bobon was on the Spurs and they played against the Sixers and they beat him by like a thousand points during the process. <laughs> Bobon came in and scored like ten points off the bench and the fans were cheering for him. So oh, Bobon's so I've, much love. Have, hasn't there been another instance where people chanted "We want Bobon"? Or no, it was probably it was Taco Fall, right? Taco Fall, yes. Yeah, Taco gets chants all the time and they put him in. Um, yeah. yeah, that's right. But. I, in fairness, I don't think these guys like being treated like, you know, like circus animals. Yeah, true. <laughs> but for for that, I would have put him in there. The guy uh, that's friends with Tobias. But yeah, Boban deserves yeah. Boban is a uh, is a good player. Yeah, for sure. And a love player. Uh, you want to so go do, next? Do you think we share the other L? Or... That's why I'm letting you go next. Okay, so I'm going to go with the other one that we don't. Uh, Julius Irving is no longer allowed to be called Doc. Why? Julius Irving went on national radio on Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday morning, yeah. Wednesday morning, Wednesday, and, and proclaimed Jokic his MVP pick. All right, and the reason that he used is because Embiid misses too many games. Embiid has missed, I believe, thirteen games this year, and nine of them have be, have been because of the everything going on right now, or everything going on back then. He's missed four games due to injury slash rest. And we're Compared still doing this over and over. 
Also, John Hollinger, one of the guys spearheading this Jokic for MVP thing, mm-hmm. he keeps using these like artificial stats that he that you know support Jokic. He created one of the stats. Which stat was that? I'm almost positive it's this Raptor stat that these stat nerds that are are fat and hang out on YouTube, which is why they like Jokic so much. Analytics because he fools. looks because he looks like them. Because he's <laughs> fat and does not belong in an NBA court. He gives them hope. These stat nerds that are falling in love with these fake stats that nobody can conceptualize. Is this is this basketball or is it math class? Because I'm damn sure I know more about basketball than math class, and I know just using my <laughs> eyes who the MVP is. So Julius Irving is no longer allowed at the games. He's no longer allowed to, to ring the bell. Allen Iverson is the ambassador now. Julius Irving, take your stupid hat off. You're not a pimp. World Be Free is cooler than you, and Larry Bird was better than you. Dope. <laughs> I you both. were the third best player on that 83 Sixers team. Moses and who was the other guy? Andrew Tony. Yeah. Doug Collins was better than you, too. So was Mo Cheeks. Moron. Steve Mix, the mayor. Julius Irving, you can go be a Nets ambassador. Where's AI when I need him? I love my little dudes. <laughs> Bryce Harper has done more for the Philadelphia fan base than Julius Irving ever has. This is Rob's gripe. <laughs> yes, you moron. It's not even a Homer thing. It's just this dumb narrative. It, if you want to say Jokic deserved it because he's better, that's fine. Oh, if you're going to use this fake narrative that you obviously don't watch games, yeah, that's it, like saying, oh, LeBron came whenever he doesn't shoot well enough. Okay, cool. He didn't shoot well enough in, what, 2006? Figured it out now. Yeah, for sure. Whatever. I can't do it. That, it's just, yeah, it's just, a, just give him the MVP. When's he ever going to get another one? Yeah, right. This dude's never going to get in the Hall of Fame because when he has a short Sandy Koufax-like prime, the argument against him making the Hall of Fame, oh, he never won an MVP. Doesn't, excuse me, doesn't the NFL have for their, uh, I guess, big-time award, the fans vote? And then we're going to look back on him the same way. I don't know if fans do, but the, um, I think the writers do. Um, by the way, I want to give a shout-out to Brian Windhorst, who's been like the biggest supporter. Brian Windhorst and Kendrick Perkins, who knew my two enemies would turn into my friend. <laughs> I'm shocked. Um, <laughs> you see my face? I'm like, whoa. Yeah, Wendy all of a sudden is saying, and Beach be the MVP, and he was the one saying Harden was going to end up on the Sixers the entire time, and everybody else said no. And yeah. Kendrick Perkins, where did this come? He's a huge face turn for him Yeah, as right. the rest of the world turns heel on us. Um, those two. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, so I didn't Julius Irving, uh, you will never hear me call him um, Doc. You're not. You didn't go to medical school. You don't get to be called Doc. There's one Doc in Philadelphia sports forever, and he can't mess up his own legacy because he's dead. Roy Halladay is now the only Doc in Philly, unless Rivers delivers a ring. <laughs> I thought you want to go with Doc Rivers. I'm like, Who? no, <laughs> it's Glenn. Yes. So, wow, I did, an unprecedented nah. An impromptu. An, an impromptu. Rob's gripe. It's been a while. Yeah. Good to be back, right? I had, off I had 11 hours at work yesterday, and that's all he talks about on sports <laughs> radio. So I I'm, I came to the, I came ready to play today. <laughs> that was a lot of heat right there. Woo. I think you even called me a moron at one point. <laughs> oh, are you a moron? No, the way you said it, after I asked you something, you're like, moron? But you weren't talking to me. You were just talking about uh, fucking Julius. It just sounded off. <laughs> I'm like, yo, he's going off. <laughs> Go off, King. All right, my uh, my last L, uh, Jack from Twitter. Ooh, like, my guy. Overlap. No overlap. Oh wait, no, maybe it is the same. 
It is. <laughs> Jack, or whoever's in charge at verifying people, how the fuck do you not verify a WCW legend like Buff Bagwell? <laughs> that, man, that poor man had a screenshot of his own notification that you, we cannot verify you. He used his own Wikipedia link to verify. If, <laughs> yeah. Listen, if, if Vernon Maxwell, the NBA player, is verified on Twitter, if Ricky Leday and Rudamaro Jr. are verified, then <laughs> Buff Bagwell is more than deserving. If these TikTokers and stuff like that, they can get verified. I'm sure a legend like Buff Bagwell can. Especially with that top hat, nothing like it. <laughs> Buff Bagwell, whose mom actually called WWF and was part of the reason he got fired in 2001. Really? They, she didn't like the way they were booking her son. Oh, well, then fine. Fuck so him. That, so <laughs> he's not verified. Yeah, his mom's got her sign off and I'm being verified. Ah, uh, Jesus. Danny Green has two three. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> he's on pace. <laughs> How much are you going to win? Uh, $67. Let's go. One half to go. Flyers are winning, too. All right. Jesus, w time. What How a world we're these? living in now. Yeah, right. <laughs> How many W's do you have, sir? Uh, Three. All right. So I have... Five, so I'll start with the two that I don't think you'll have. Oh, we're definitely uh, overlapping. Oh, bastard. It went away. Um, Yadier Molina. Yep. <laughs> Already off the rip. All right. So, well, I'm sorry, but Yadier no, Molina no, has been it. named the manager for next year, a team in Venezuela. Yes. Um, I, Shout I, out to him. If you want to pronounce that, I, I'm not going to do it. I don't have the name in front of me. Uh, but, it's uh, Mag- Magallanes, BBC, which I believe stands for Baseball Club. Um, uh, he is going to be the manager for... Magallanes in Venezuela. This is reported by Enrique, Enrique Rojas from ESPN Deportes. Uh, Milena, one of the uh, catchers make the best managers. Um, just look oh, at yeah. all the guys. Uh, Dave Ross. Uh, David Ross. I mean, Girardi, for all of his woes, has a has a ring. Um, I want to say, was Joe Torre a catcher? I don't know. Mike Lieberthal? <laughs> it sounded like. Uh, Mike <laughs> Matheny was a catcher. Um, and then the backup catcher for uh, Kevin Cash, backup catcher. That's right. Jesus. And there's a catcher. Who was who's the guy that was the Mike Redmond? He was the Twins and uh, and Marlins guy for a little bit. Marlins, I remember Marlins. They, they, yeah. they make good, they make good managers. And then the um, the other one, um, so there's a guy named Rick Jenneret who was the the voice of the Buffalo Sabers for I want to say probably at least fifty years. Honestly, yeah, he was the play by play announcer for Buffalo for every game. Mm-hmm. And then recently, I think, started just doing home games. And then I think not too long ago, just started doing like a couple games, like the Larry Anderson package, basically. Um, like the marquee games? Yeah, I think. I don't know. Well, no one's going to fact check me listening to this podcast, but because uh, nobody, nobody watches hockey anyway. But he is the long term, long time voice of the Sabres. He basically he knows where all the bodies are buried. He called all the big moments. Uh, he's seen everything. Alex Tuck and Cody Eakin after. Mm-hmm. The game on Friday night, I believe it was, they helped RJ come out on the ice. I believe that might have been the last home game for the Savers, mm-hmm. um, where the all the players took a picture at center ice. They helped him come out on the ice so he could be in the picture right in the middle. Oh, that's cool. Um, Alex Tuck also is like a Buffalo guy. He was in the Jack Eichel trade. Um, when Eichel, Eichel basically demanded his way out of Buffalo, Tuck has embraced being the leader there. Um, he's been one of my favorite players since he was with, I believe, Minnesota. Uh, definitely with Vegas, but uh, for them to do that, I thought it was really cool. Um, uh, something you hear a lot of in sports is so and so, like quote unquote, gets it. Yeah, and I think Alex Tuck is one of those guys that just gets it. So big That's W cool. for those guys. The Sabers stuck, definitely on the right track, and they 
finished the season well. So cool for them to do that. I'm actually watching the video right now, and all the players rallied around the guy. So that's awesome. Yeah, I had to see the clip. That was pretty cool. Like, there's going to be more like that in sports. Yeah. Right, um, now, if the Sixers win the title this year, I won't zoom off front and center in the picture. <laughs> he should be ringing the bell at some point. Poor guy lost all his hair calling these games. <laughs> uh, you have any more? Uh, I do have a couple, but I figured we should alternate now that I... Okay. I was hoping they would be two that you didn't have. This way, well, I could knock out two, and then we go 3-3. Three, three. Well, I only have two left now. I'm sorry. It's all good. I'll finish on the best one, I promise. I think I'll finish. I think I'll take it. I honestly. think you're going to have it. That's why yeah. you can have it. Well, no, you can. Uh, well, just see. I'll, anyway. I'll save it this way. I don't save before you do. And someone's listening. Come on, guys, just go with it. God damn it! I, my poop is. I'm almost done. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Sally. Stand down when you're civic. <laughs> All right, WrestleMania 38 for me. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's definitely not in my W's. <laughs> I enjoyed it for what it was. I'm not gonna say I enjoyed every single match. It was like five star matches, but I enjoyed it for what it was. I hated the recaps, the Logan Paul thing. I didn't really give a shit about. I'm glad um, I missed that. Um, I did enjoy the Johnny Knoxville thing. Then it went a little too long for me. Yeah. Um, the best part of the entire thing, personally, was the Stone Cold Steve Austin. Both nights, those bits were tremendous. Um, drank thirty beers, and it was a it was basically an advertisement for his uh, lager. Oh Christ! It's it's embedded in my in my face. The Broken Skull American Lager. Oh my God! The, the one, they kept going back and forth between him standing on the turnbuckle and that one little shot, shot of, the, the can. Yeah, of the corner. I want I want to see a fan taking a picture of the cameraman or the producer getting the can and placing it so it's in frame. <laughs> so they cut it back. <laughs> um, the highlight was you know Stone Cold coming out there doing what he does, stunning everyone in sight. He stunned uh, Pat McAfee after his win and shared a beer with him. Classic. He uh, stunned Byron Stack- Saxton, which was a commentator. <laughs> he did it like I think a year or two ago during the COVID. He, <laughs> he just killed him basically. Um, he did it against Austin Theory, which is like the opponent of Pat McAfee, who basically sold the best stunner. It's it uh, it's up there with the rocks. It's up there with the Scott Hall one too. That too, yes. And then the somehow Stone Cold Steve Austin delivers a stunner that gives the best sell and the worst stunner all in the same fucking night as he stunners McMahon <laughs> and McMahon just crumbles off the rip. So there are now. <laughs> I think we lost Rob. We'll be no. oh, God damn it again. Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, back. I, like I said before, I try to watch the big shows just so we have something to talk about on the podcast. And also so I get, Cause they usually bring the big names back for these. Yeah. So they threw the, they threw the AJ styles edge one in there because they knew I haven't watched in 10 years. So like, <laughs> Oh, he knows these guys, Johnny Knoxville. I know him. Um, I thought the mousetrap thing was hysterical. It was, <laughs> I didn't. So I didn't realize that other guy, people call him a rat. Yeah. Um, so I, that makes a lot more sense now. It was obviously PVC pipe, and that guy was obviously not trapped. Oh, but I thought it was funny. We man doing the body slam. They put it on Twitter. Epic. There's a picture on Twitter of him doing that, and then right next to it is Hogan slamming Andre. Andre. <laughs> um, Pat McAfee was like the most electric. They, they, he, he got the second largest reaction behind Stone Cold. Yeah. Um, and then I, I have a top four of my favorite four Stone Cold stunner cells. Yeah. Um, McMahon falling, like folding up like a cheap tent is definitely number one. Number two is going to be Tim White, the one I sent you on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Where he goes to stutter. It's like a video game glitch where Stone Cold sits and then Tim White just falls, like not even in sync. Number three is Linda McMahon, where she just like fell 
at number four is Donald Trump because he didn't know how to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> he just like he just like fell forward. <laughs> I vaguely remember those last two. But... Uh, they're definitely on Twitter in that same thread. Oh um, man. <laughs> but dude, McAfee was electric and then oh, him dude. stuttering the announcer. Uh, the the fucking the Walmart Jonathan Coachman that they brought in. I don't know who that guy is, but that was Byron Saxton. Saxton. Saxton, yeah. I should have gotten a shot for having that name. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but I thought it was fun. And then the main event disappointed, but then when he told me uh, Steven Adams had a pop shoulder, I, I thought he was I thought it was like a gimmick thing where they were like, Oh, he's got our he's doing it. I thought it was of the shoulder. But uh, same thing. Ah, all right. Steven Adams in the sun a little bit too long. Um, oh, there you go. <laughs> and then I didn't realize his shoulder was actually out, so kudos to him. Yeah. Uh, kudos to Lesnar for laying down after an eight-minute match. Um, Dude, the report was, as soon as that match was over, Lesnar just jumped on the flight and went back to Canada. He went into the back and he shook hands with some like singer or something. I saw a video. Oh, yeah. Yellowstone or something like that? Yeah, that guy. Whatever. I didn't know he. I didn't know what that is. I thought it was the park. I, I think I it's he, a show, actually. Yeah. Um, I literally thought, like, what, he just handshook the manager of Yellowstone Park, National <laughs> Park? I'm like, what's going on here? How did he get a VIP pass? <laughs> um, all right, my next W, um, in my notes, it just says dead dad. Um, Jesus But on Christ. Twitter, it has more, it's more of an elaborate thing. So this person on Twitter, his name's Chris. Um, so he posted a screenshot of a text message he got from his dad. So his dad dead, and they just attended his funeral. But his sister went and got his dad's phone and texted him. Yo, I just woke up. What the fuck? <laughs> he said that uh, humor was the best coping mechanism for his family, and he thought it was pretty funny. This thing went viral, so Aww. I thought that was pretty funny. Some uh, making light of a moment like that. And he says, uh, "If my dad saw this, he'd probably be laughing too." So that's true, though. Good for them. In those moments, humor is the best medicine. That's pretty hysterical. When I die, you have all the permission <laughs> in the world to go on my Twitter and be like, "Why is it so dark in here?" or something like that. That and also putting the house on Nick Cassianos anything. Just yeah, yeah. Put, put my estate on that, and then go on Twitter and, and be like, "Wow, I just met Kurt Cobain." There you go. Tupac's not here. I wonder what that's all about. At, at his eulogy, well, now Rob can uh, meet. He's probably meeting Kurt Cobain. Saying, yeah. "Look, just like that Paul Rudd moment on the Hot Ones." Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. I thought Tupac was here? supposed to be here. Where's he at? Oh, he's not actually here. Oh, the motherfucker's hiding from Jada. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we've reached um, our last W's. So I think you have how many? Do you have one, one left? One left. All right, so my next one will be CC Sabathia getting um, hired by the Major League Baseball Commissioner's Office. Really? Um, one of my favorite players, uh, one of my favorite podcast personalities. Another reason I want to do a pod because you realize you can just be yourself on these things. His personality is yeah, not beholden to any. Yeah, he lost yeah. all the weight. He no grew a beard. He can curse now. He's not just a Yankee with a shaved face. <laughs> uh, him and Ryan Rucco do a pod, and I think it's one of the best ones out there. Uh, but CC's awesome. He's hired by the commissioner's office. Um, he's big into pumping baseball into the inner cities where, you know, low income areas because he comes from a bad area. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he's from Oakland or right around there. So he's from an area where it's not a whole lot of income. So I think he's going to help with diversity in baseball um, and help kind of get in Manfred's ear. So I love it. Uh, good for CC. He's a great mind and he's awesome. Good for CC. I hated him when he yep. went to the Yankees. I'm like, this motherfucker's going to kill my dreams. Me too. And I had the misfortune of being at game four. When he pitched against Joe Blanton because they didn't want to move Cliff Lee up a day. And that's what <laughs> lost them the series. And that was the game Johnny Damon stole second and third on the same pitch. And Teixeira doubled. And my hopes and dreams <laughs> went up in flames when it was like 28 degrees outside. So let's not talk any further. But hey, hey, hey. The year prior. The yes, year prior. They got him. We got him. I, uh, I, Yo, my, Adrian, we did it. My that's closest it. thing to a viral tweet is... Um, <laughs> 
on CC's birthday in 2020, um, MLB tweeted, what's your favorite CC Sabathia moment? And I quote tweeted it with the Shane Victorino Grand Slam. <laughs> I said this one. With the gif, with the Jeff, that'd be awesome. I, was, I went, I went full video. I screened, I screen yes. recorded the YouTube video. <laughs> the best part about that is that it was on TBS, uh-huh. but the announcer doing the game was also the Brewers regional announcer. So he's like, uh-huh. Grand Slam for Mick Reno. Uh, damn it, wasn't all in <laughs> Brian Anderson. So, oh my god. All right, and I think we're gonna share the final W. So I'm gonna give you the honors of doing it. <sighs> my W. <laughs> But on the, on the off chance that we don't share this, I'm I'm very thrilled that we're going to have two good Ws to finish this off. Right. Jeff Passon. Ah! <laughs> My man. The Finally, the boyhood dream has come true. <laughs> this is such a great full circle moment. <laughs> right? You don't get many of those. You got one here. And how the way that this lined up, I don't think we either of us saw what led into this until just a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um. Well, if you know Jeff Passon... Before he got hacked with <laughs> NFTs, <laughs> I forgot about that. His uh, cover on Twitter was basically a sign that his buddies had at a, I think a raw show where it said Jeff Passon is here or isn't Jeff, here. Jeff Passon is not here. Is not here with Stone Cold Steve Austin walking to the to the steps. And do you remember the story? Yeah. So I, I so oh wait, uh, it's like, right? Uh, Lana Barry, who is I think a, uh, a regional person, I think for the. Dodgers or whatever asked him a while back. Yeah. So Jeff Passon oh, when he was 17 or whatever or 13, yeah. he um his friend had a ticket an extra ticket to Raw. Yeah. And his friend took someone else and then the <laughs> consolation prize was a sign that said Jeff Passon is not here. Yeah, the exact tweet was Atlanta Barry. When I was 17, my friend had two tickets to a WWF show. He took another friend instead. That sign was my consolation prize. Period. Dick. Yeah. <laughs> That's the part I remember most from the tweet. <laughs> and that tweet's from like four years ago, isn't it? Uh, it's from like 2017. 2012. Oh, well, holy smokes. Jesus That was Christ. a long time coming. He had to get famous before he could do this. January 3rd, 2012 at basically 1 a.m. So wow. he was up still Brian partying for many years. <laughs> he was still thinking about it. Well, he, he does say he doesn't sleep. So that, that goes on par. Um. And then the follow-up tweet this past weekend of WrestleMania, as we alluded to, was in Dallas. And his tweet, his next tweet, updated version, finally, almost 25 years later, Jeff Passan is here. And he basically took a selfie at WrestleMania with Stone Cold Steve Austin in mid-frame as he's coming up to the rent to make his entrance. Full circle for Jeff Passan, friend of the show. Awesome. As Rob, I think we've lost Rob. Yes, we lost Rob the entire time. Oh, that's heartbreaking. And we lost Rob. Oh, wait. We're going to try to relocate him. We can only, we can't end 49 and head into our 50 next episode, next week, without Rob giving us the final proper goodbye as we end this this episode 49. But yeah, if you want to see uh, the, we're going to put it on the Instagram at PA underscore Turnpod? Let me see. I don't even know my own plug. That's not good. That's not good. But uh, let me see real quick. It is at, yes, PA underscore Turnpod on Instagram. So if you want to see the tweets, you can either either follow at Jeff Passan, J-E-F-F-P-A-S-S-A-N, or 
follow us on Instagram at PA underscore Turnpod. We'll put it in the stories of the tweet from 2012 to 2022 of Jeff Passan isn't here to Jeff Passan is here. And here we have Rob. I was going to end the show, but I'm like, we can't end episode 49 without a proper goodbye. And your last thoughts from Rob. Take the floor, sir. Oh, no. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, Jeff, pa- I'm sure you already covered it, but Jeff Passan is uh, the best. Oh, yeah. um, oh, you, you can take over on that part. I didn't do it justice because you introduced um, me to him. I said he was a prick. And like, that's royalty, sir. You don't so actually, the, uh, the funniest thing actually happened a couple nights ago. Um, I'll read this real quick. So there's a trend right now going on on TikTok. Where yeah. Oh, no way, dude. <laughs> people, they find random things. Like, they uh, re- he's back. Uh, I died again. Hey, oh, okay. You died for a um, second. <laughs> uh, there's a thing on TikTok right now. So there's a thing on TikTok right now where you um you press a button and like this thing flashes above your head and then when it freezes, you say like smash. Um, okay. Somebody sent a picture of... Uh, so somebody went into Jeff Passon's DMs and said, hi, Jeff, my name is Jen. He said, sup. He, and then the person sent a picture of like those websites that you can turn somebody to the other gender. So somebody took Jeff Passon's picture and made it into a woman. Oh, no. And, and Passon responded with smash. Did he? <laughs> <laughs> so I got to see this. Is this he's like, recent? He's like Mr. Meme. Uh He's great. Yeah, this is. Um, I'll send it to you real quick. Oh no, Passon's hilarious, dude. He had a he had a tremendous bio, and now his bio is nothing. Oh, uh, really? What was it? Like you know, his accomplishments and all this other stuff, and then he had like quirky stuff, and then he's like, yeah, I'd never sleep, stuff like that. And now it's just blank because after he got hacked, I think he just said f it. Ah, oh, it's gold. Oh, we have a we have a development. What's going on? Sixers backup center tonight has been Paul Reed. Let's go. Like I Danny said. Danny Green is three for four. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's there. He's almost there. I almost parlayed Danny Green 15 points with three threes, but he might only finish with four threes and 12 points, so I got to be careful. Ah, That's true. Oh, shit. Good for you. Look, Jeff Passan can do no wrong. Absolutely not. Um, well, this has been episode 49. Any closing thoughts? Before we welcome the listeners and us to episode 50. And by the way, Rob, I don't know if you've been keeping track. I certainly have. We have 99 followers. Ooh. <laughs> Slowly but surely, the followers are coming to the PA Term Pod. What will happen first? The century mark. The century mark in followers or the half century mark, the midlife crisis in episodes? Oh, Jesus. Uh, let me say, let me, let me see the updated version. I hope oh, for wait, something happened. Oh, no. We were sitting at 99. Now we're at 97. Oh, no. Someone died. Two people, apparently. Just unfollow all the people that don't follow us back and then refollow them and see if they follow back. <laughs> hey, get the hint. <laughs> Come on, follow me back. Ah, we're sitting at 97. I think we can knock out 100 by episode 50. It would be a nice uh, milestone. 100 followers on our 50th episode. That would be awesome, and I hope we have it. I hope we have it. And we got to come up with something. <laughs> we'll have a special 50th episode. That'll be next week um, after we'll, a very busy week of working for the two of us. Or maybe we'll come up with, like, I don't know, a, a merch, a sticker or something. We'll figure yeah. it out. We'll yeah, we'll come out. up with a uh, commemorative hat. <laughs> there you go. 
And then on the inside, we like one of what, 50? <laughs> so you have the special edition one? Yeah. I have number four, bro. Who has the first one? I do. All right, everybody. Uh, this has been episode 49 of the PA Turn Pod. Adios.